welcome. This is what episode eight, right? Yes. Welcome to episode eight of the Gold Card Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Vince Gelati Kalati. With me tonight, we got John George at the Esports Plug, Calvin T at Ruler Sama, and Chris Chung at Prime Time. As always, you can find all of their links to their information and Twitters and all that in the show notes. What's going on tonight, guys? I'm back. I'm here. Calvin I'm here. is back. We had some unfortunate scheduling uh, issues. We'll call them issues last time. <laughs> but uh, we have the we have the full squad tonight. Everybody's here, baby. Yeah, we had the Let's full squad it. tonight, just in time for some sweet, sweet playoff action. I just wanted to do this before I forget to, because I will forget, because I've mean to do it for like six weeks now. Uh, we have some really sweet intro music and outro music. Uh, I gave the notes. We have Dave uh, Harvey and the Hendersons do the opening music for us, and the Tea Club do the closing music for or the outro music for us. So I gave links to their uh, their Facebook and Bandcamp and all that in the show notes. But I'd like to thank them a lot for contributing, and it's pretty awesome. And I keep forgetting to thank them, and I'm gonna make sure I remember to do it this time, and we'll knock it out at the beginning. So it's pretty awesome. So thank Hell you. Oh yes, thank you, gentlemen. Um, that is awesome. Thank you. So. Before we dive, so we have a pretty light slate. Uh, of course, most of the regions are in their finals or semifinals at this point. Uh, we're basically only going to have LPL and we'll have LPL Europe and NA next week, right? Yes. So it'll be a pretty yep. light slate again next week. And then we have off season, not, not hot stove season, but we have off season. So, uh, so I want yeah, we have we'll have MSI, we'll have MSI, we'll have some time off before MSI starts up too. So what I wanted to do in in these episodes is start to start to dive in a little bit on some bigger picture uh, topics, stuff that we've been plugging for you know as ideas for a couple weeks, and just haven't gotten around to them because we've gotten so bogged down in slates. And I thought this one was going to be more appropriate this week than probably any other week this season, or really probably since Worlds, right? Maybe maybe before Worlds. Uh, we're going to yeah. talk about paradigm shifts and adjusting your expectations as a better or player of daily fantasy sports. And what I mean by this is I want to I want to we're going to go through and we're going to each talk about when it's correct to change up on a team. Uh, if a team is maybe a team is bad and you d- you didn't think they were going to be bad, when do you adjust versus when do you stay the course? We're going to go through and what I'm going to do is we're going to do four categories each. We're going to do a team that you were too stubborn against, like a team that you didn't budge on. This is going to be, you know, from any time. It doesn't need to be recently, but recent examples are good. We're going to do a team you were too stubborn against, a team you were too stubborn for, in favor of. Uh, and then a team, like a good example, a team that you did adjust early enough to avoid a disaster, or a team that you adjusted ahead of the curve to profit, more or less. So, I'm kind of putting... The, we we kind of talked about this as a general idea. I didn't lay out this general... Like, the specific layout. If you don't have specific teams in mind for this, that's fine. But I wanted... I want mostly to just cover in this how you guys approach adjusting your expectations. Whether it's for, against, or just for the game in general, or, or what. The reason I say this is an appropriate topic is because we just came off of a week of some tremendous upsets. Would you guys agree with that? Is that an understatement? <laughs> Oh, good yeah, was go JDG baby! Oh my God, stop! <laughs> stop with your go JDG. Get that Dude, out of I here. It out. I was right. Get man. that Sometimes out of here. Sometimes you do wonder if the world is a simulation, 
controlled by your thoughts. <laughs> dude, where's like, the Roger Goodell? Like where's the Roger Goodell meme, dude? He called the fix in. If I if I go on Twitter and I'm just like, <laughs> IG is 100% guaranteed to win. 100%, they're gonna smash. Like, I really feel like I could just lock in their opponents on all DFS slates and just print money. Yeah, like if I it feels. It sometimes it feels that way. Up. It's like, <laughs> I, and I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's just because there's amplified awareness or amplified. I don't want to say emotions because emotions is bad, but it, there is a little bit of emotion to it, right? Where like you get a situation where you get a tremendously bad beat, and then it feels like immediately afterwards it either rains and pours, or it like slaps you in the face with like exactly what you expected. So. In the case this week, we had all these crazy upsets. You had you had EDG, um, that was stupid. RNG losing, easy. right? You Cloud say nine easy. Losing, Cloud yeah. nine losing. It in in so this is why I say rub it in too. In the fashion that Cloud nine lost too, which is even yeah, crazy. They just get up two right? games, and you're just like, oh, I got my money press right next to me, ready to go. Yeah, they like. In game three, they should win. Like they're in situations where they should win. Yeah, but yeah, they're just gonna run over the series, no problem. Then so all then, of a sudden, things just start happening. But then it's like, okay, back to reality, and you get that confirmation right. bias of like, okay, oh, Fnatic just smashed or G two smashed. You well, know, my favorite <clears throat> that happens all the time is you you've got IG against Vici, and Vici wins. Yeah. And the next series, Vici plays against like. Snake and just gets crushed. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like they just, you get that confirmation bias. So we had a bunch of upsets last week, and and really, I don't know about you guys. It's been an awful season for me, uh, just percentage wise, ROI wise, like every, everything about this season's been pretty bad for me. Uh, so when that happens, it's really really important to know when to switch up. Otherwise, you're just gonna keep digging yourself further in a hole. You know. So I thought this week, especially following all these upsets, that it'd be a good time to talk about how you guys adjust expectations. So this can be a technique you use. It, maybe it's maybe it's a limit you set on yourself. Uh, is there certain things that you look for in a team that just are like that's the off switch, like that's it? If they you know it's a breaking point or something like that. You don't have to separate exactly into these four categories. I did. I know John's gonna put some stuff up. But if you just have some ideas for some of them, and just in general, how do you approach making an ad- adaptation? I, I, I'm lab- I'm calling the show Paradigm Shift or Paradigm Shifts, right? Because that's what this is. Um, I'll I'll start I'll start off just to give you guys kind of an idea of what I'm thinking here, and you can kind of just riff on it with me. So, just real quick, um, I'm going to give an example from last year, right? Because I think it's the most pertinent example that I have of this happening. Uh, last year, as a lot of you guys know, if you've read the blog and all that, I had 100 Thieves finishing dead last going into the season last year in the NALCS. I was very outspoken about it. Uh, I didn't hide that from anybody. I was just dead wrong on it. One thing I didn't do, though, was I refused to, I refused to adjust. I was stubborn. I was super stubborn in how, in my preseason evaluation. And that's just to a certain extent. That's how I I put a lot more weight on my preseason valuations than I think you guys do. I don't know. Do you guys put a lot of weight on your preseason, or do you kind of just adapt with the week? That is, uh, yeah. Go ahead, John. I was just gonna say that's that's definitely still even an evolving part of my game. Like I think I'm among the highest stakes betters 
that exist for esports. And still, this season, uh, I noticed that last season, one of my biggest leaks was not switching quick enough. And so I, I've been uh, sorry. Opposite. Last season, my my one of my biggest leaks was switching too quickly when I saw a result that I didn't like. So this season, I I put like headstrong effort into trying to stick behind things instead, uh, and not move off of teams as quickly. I didn't have a ton of success with that either. So maybe uh, you know, I've I, I'm winning on just a little bit in betting this year, less than I was expecting. I have very pretty good DFS results this year, but. I think maybe I was right last season to make quicker adjustments than I did this year. It's still an evolving part of my game, even at this point. I think it's like a it's a it's a really dangerous thing too. I'm going to pass to Calvin next, but like <clears throat> it's a really really dangerous thing because and it's like something you have to talk about and at least at the very least be aware of because if you're not, you're going to be floundering back and forth and back after a week like this week. It'd be so easy to be like, okay, bet every underdog, or Worlds last year. Worlds last year was another great example. Oh, yes. Bet every underdog, every underdog's going to win, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, At some, like a couple weeks ago, I was basically on tilt, right? I was so far off kilter in this season that I actually took a couple days, went through, and did like a full underdog model where like it wasn't, it wasn't really a model. It was just like basically – I, I added up if you just bet the underdog in the LPL or bet the underdog in LEC, like how would you have fared if you just bet the same amount on the underdog? Turns out you don't profit. But I was so far off the deep end that I had to do, I had to actually go through that process to remind myself that like, no, don't overreact. You got to stay the course. Um, and I'm it's, getting, yeah, go it's ahead. pertinent to mention that uh, as much as we're going to talk about this as a general strategy of like, should you stick behind your picks or whatever? It's, it's pertinent to mention that in an ideal world, as a perfect better, which none of us are, mm-hmm. you would stick behind the correct people and give up on the correct people. Yeah. Like, the, the correct strategy really is to recognize which teams are worth sticking to and which teams are worth backing off on, not adjusting a total strategy of, like, well, if my team loses two matches in a row, I just give up on them. Yeah. Like, it's just worth mentioning that the ideal strategy is to do that off and on correctly based on yeah. the team. The way I look at it, it's 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 like like a stock trader. It's like four parts, right? You have well five parts really. There's part one, selling high. Part two, knowing when to buy high, because there are situations where that's right. Part three, knowing when to cut your losses and actually sell low and knowing when to buy low or what a go buy low candidate is. And then the fifth one is like how much you're exposed in each of those whether you know how whether it's the weight of your wager whether the weight of your investment whatever it happens to be knowing the proper weights for those so that's the way i look at it now no one's perfect and that's what makes this so difficult right so and knowing a lot of betters i would say most betters that i've known are better at some of those than others like i know some guys that are really incredible at at picking up teams low but they make mistakes in those other areas like they'll predict a lot of upsets but they make mistakes in the other aspects. So people tend to be better at one or the other. Yeah, I, that's def, that's definitely a thing. And you see that across, you know, unless they're like an absolute monster, they're just a machine, basically. <laughs> like, you see people that are... Like, there's there's people that are really, really good at two or three of those things, but really, until you're good at the full package, it's very difficult. Uh, I was going to go to Calvin. So, Ka- Calvin, is there like a telltale sign or something you look for in whether it's in a team, whether it's in, is it like the eye test? Is it 
statistics? Is it moves that they make? Is it is it like um, like what do you look for to make a team change your mind? Okay, so I I want to summarize this as sports in general, uh, because I mean you can do esports or baseball, whatever. But I'm going to summarize this sports in general. Um, sports in general, it's for me obviously there's going to be like stat lines and stuff. You know what I mean? There are teams who teams or slash players who do well against you know other players slash teams. You know what I mean? Like if you think about football, you know corners matchups baseball yeah. you got you know uh, bvp in esports you got an early team versus a late game team you know yeah. and then obviously the comp and stuff like that so <clears throat> you know those are the type of stats that i look for and account to <clears throat> but also it's like you actually made a really good point on like when to buy high when to buy low i just feel like there's a lot of times and i understand like when people say like trust the process trust the process I feel like a lot of people make this mistake of not trying like they're sticking to their process but they're overlooking like certain variables when it comes to like I would say especially esports when with all like the meta changes and stuff like that I would say that the biggest team that I actually bought into low was team WE and I was yeah, you on, were in on that you were all definitely the way on that. you know what I mean and it's because I watched the first game when Beishang played Aatrox, and then the meta literally was in Mystic's favor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Mystic popped off the entire, like, literally the entire year. You know what I mean? So, definitely stats has to do with it, but I love going back and reviewing videos and stuff like that. Yeah. I usually keep that to myself, but the eye test in general is definitely where it's at. And this is where it comes back to me watching RNG play, and it wasn't because of... Uzi really didn't play bad all year. No, he was fine. I mean, he was... But the last half, I felt like he was definitely getting caught out a lot, and they were getting bailed out by Carson's, you know, um, basically late game, like, all, you know, with his, especially with his Zach that one game. Yeah. I just felt like Uzi definitely was getting caught out a lot. Not a lot, but more than usual, and then that's why I kind of led to the JDG. I was thinking, okay, maybe... RNG is going to be playing a little bit. They were sloppy. That's not, like the, the to, to me. That's standards. the best way to describe them. Exactly, not to the standards, and that's how they've you know they've have been playing. You know what I mean? And that's just a sad fact. And you know, everyone say RNG is the best. You know, I'm not knacking on you guys. Yeah. It's just that you know, from what I've saw, and it didn't. Something didn't feel right to you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so I'll say I'll say this as like just a preface. This I would call like Calvin. I would call you someone that you you tend to adjust quickly. Like you don't you don't tend to stick to your pre like your your preconceptions very well. And that's something I like about you as a better is that you're willing you're willing to change up very quickly. I'm really stubborn. You know, the perfect situation is finding the right balance of well, it's not even finding the right balance of both, it's being right in the situations where both are correct. Like John was yeah. saying, right? Yeah. So I think the RNG JDG example was good where something just didn't sit right with you and you were willing to cut bait on it. None of us were. I think the I think the rest of us were on RNG, right? Chris, were you on RNG too? I was on RNG. That's I think I blame partially on my the stubbornness we're talking about. Yeah, I was a fan. I am a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. But he's right. Yeah, Calvin's right. Absolutely. This does not look like a full powered RNG. Uzi's not right. Uh, and I was just hoping, you know, hoping this is the game that they're gonna bounce back. They're gonna take it seriously. Yeah, and this is it's and sports. Yeah. 
Go on. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, sports is full of that, and I think I'm glad you guys uh, just pull in because this is not just LOL esports. It does magnify it a little bit because of the amount of games they have. Uh, but yeah, uh, certainly we won. I, I, I'm gonna say the team that I was most stubborn on, if I'm, uh, was Vitality. I thought they would make it. I Vitality this year. Back. Yeah, the Vitality this year. Oh, you thought they were gonna beat uh, Fnatic, <laughs> or just like you? Or are you thinking just in general I for think, the whole year? I thought year? they were gonna stay to number two, you know, yeah. stay that two or maybe three at worst with the Fnatic coming back. But the way that they just flat out lost the second half, it was it was something else. Yeah, and I don't know if that was just like health issues or practice issues or burnout. Like, there's all sorts of factors that come into play. But I kind of just want to keep this more. Like, is there so? What's a telltale sign for you? Like, I asked Calvin the same question. I'm going to pitch this to John in just a second too. But like, yeah, if I got a good. What what's what is there a telltale sign for you? Like, just as an example. Obviously, one example doesn't pertain to everything. But like, it doesn't need to be a specific. Like, you can give a specific team if you want. But like, is there an example of? Just something that sticks out to you, or is there something you're looking for that says, "Okay, I need to cut bait on this team. Like this is not good," or vice versa. It could be something that makes you say, "Like, okay, I'm buying in on this." Right? Yeah. Um, I definitely go back to just combining different data. I'm listening for what the people are saying, and I'm not saying fans. Reddit, those are crap for yeah. advice for information. Agreed. But I do listen to. Uh, if I had the time to listen to uh, what the coach say, what the players say, their mindset about it, and there is, I guess, I'm I'm hyper vigilant for tones and languages of defeat or um, things that doesn't look like they'll change anytime soon. So it's rare that yeah. I correctly identify those, but if I can get sixty percent correct, um, those are the one data set uh, data point. And then you match that up with the games. Were they, was it a mechanical issue? Was it a communication issue? And you can make a good guess if these two data points uh, are correlated uh, at all, right? Like, there's there's a lot of cases where, and I'm going to get to you in just a second, John, but, like, there's a lot of cases where you need, that. that's the hard part, is finding whether something correlates or not. That's what makes, like, we saw a lot of that in the end of the season in every region where you had teams that had already locked playoffs. It's the classic, this team already locked playoffs and this team's fighting for a spot. This team wants it more. This team doesn't have to win, right? There's some teams that that doesn't correlate for. I mean, we we call them try-hard teams, right? Like, there's some teams that are just going to smash everybody. They don't care if they made Invictus, right? Invictus punts Mm -hmm. games out of disrespect. They don't punt games because they're not trying. Invictus is 110% every game, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's part of why they went eighteen and one last year. <laughs> like that's right. Well, yeah. So, getting back to, uh, I wanted to get back to John because I keep, I keep um, <laughs> saying we're going to, but like, John, what is it for you? It doesn't need to be maybe like one or two things or like just a, one example. Uh, what What is something that makes you willing to change your mind on a team? And th- maybe it's a couple small things, not one big thing. Yeah, I can kind of tie it all into one because the process really plays out. The, the very similarly to me every time I do it, whether it's for a team or against a team, when I'm going to bet a game or bet a DFS match, I can always give you a picture of why I'm betting that. So, tell yourself if we're a story. Play, 
yeah, I'm always telling myself the story. If it's going to be OMG against Vici, I'm going to say to myself, okay, I think Icon is going to win the mid lane. I think Icon's going to get a lot of attention from Penguin. I think this is going to happen. I think Ale will lose lane because he's been picking Gangplank a lot lately, and I don't <laughs> like Gangplank, and I think he's going to lose his lane. And because Penguin's focused attention mid. So I'm going to create this entire story. Yeah. When I switch on a team is when the story is is very wrong for some reason or another. So if I've told myself that story and then the game comes and Penguin never goes mid and Icon just gets dumpstered in the mid lane, that's when I'm going to start to change my opinion on something because I I want to be in the same mindset as the team to understand where they're going to be strong and where they're going to be weak. <clears throat> and if they're not doing the things that I expect to be doing or if they're not winning matchups, I think they should be winning. If they're not drafting the way I need the, I expect them to be drafting, <clears throat> that's when I start to make a turn on a team, generally speaking, is if things are or if Penguin goes mid a whole bunch of times and they and they're, that's not good enough. Like yeah. Icon gets fed and they lose anyway because they lost bot and top so hard. <clears throat> then the story I told myself about Icon gets a bunch of ganks and then carries the game that was not enough to win. And if, if that's not enough to win, then that's going to start to tilt my ideas of <clears throat> how good this team is and the plans that they're coming yeah. up with and how effective they are. That was that was like the arrival point that uh, that wanted me to lead into like kind of the next segment of this, which is so you can have certain we'll, we'll call them alarms or you know a red flag that goes up that that says okay like this is something you need to pay attention to this matters for some reason or another right you have those and we've all identified what those are for each of us right but. The next step, and this this is like kind of like level two, and this is what this is kind of what we're all going through right now, is more bigger picture things, right? So, John, I, I love that example about telling yourself the story, because it it totally led perfectly into the next thing. So, the next thing I wanted to bring up is like when your the story you told is wrong is basically what the next part of this is, because you know we all like to think we know what we're talking about, and a lot of times we do, but we need to one be willing to admit when we're wrong and act on it because there's two different things don't forget that and the same goes when you're right too you need to be have conviction and act when you're right so when the story is not what you tell if the story is not what you told that's kind of where we're all at i think this week and this is kind of where like bigger picture full season or full split or full year or really full career projections kind of come into mind where I'll give an example of what I'm trying to talk about. It's kind of, it's kind of headsy to, to sum up into a phrase, right? Right now, I, I think there's a lot of people that are looking at, I'm going to I'm going to use the, 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 ED, the EDG example, right? So right now you could say that there's a lot of people that think EDG might be done. Like there, there are a, there's a a good chunk of people saying maybe this is the end. Same for RNG, honestly. Like people were saying this about SKT a couple of years ago before they did the full rebuild. The people that were ahead of the curve on that and were not willing to, and that weren't being stubborn and saying, okay, you know, this is the best team ever. You know, they're gonna stay the best team ever forever. The people that were willing to cut bait and say, like, no, listen, they're not good this year. They saved themselves a lot of trouble. So I think. We can go into more, like, we could go into examples of this, but, like, what's the next level, 
Like, what's the... So we have the, the orange flag, right? What's the, the, the glaring... What's the flare flying up into the sky that says, I'm done, or this is, like, a huge paradigm shift, right? Are we I witnessing think- a paradigm shift in the LPL, or are we witnessing the beginnings of it? Or is it just a, a weird week? Has it been just a weird week or a weird season or a weird couple of weeks? I think this <clears throat> this week was a paradigm shift for me. And the example that I'll give on that... Me and Gelati had a conversation on Twitter before the RNG versus JDG game. And what I said was, the RNG that we have seen this season is not going to dumpster JDG. But we also have some historical evidence that RNG is willing to lay down a little bit in the regular season. And when the playoffs come, that's when they turn it on and they play you know, their A game. And so I said to you before that matchup, I'm not 100% sure whether we're going to see the RNG we've seen in previous season who turns it on in the playoffs or if the RNG we've already seen is the RNG that exists now. And this match is going to be very telling for that. And so this match is the red flag for me is if they had a mediocre season and then came out in this playoff match and just dumpstered JDG 3-0 and looked like the old RNG, that's when you go, okay, same old RNG, and you can kind of remember that. When they lose to JDG here, for me, is the big red flag where you go like, if they could have turned it on, if they had it in them to do it, they would have. They would have done it in this series for sure. Yeah. And so the I would not have said before this week that there was a paradigm shift yet, but seeing these teams lose in the playoffs when it matters, and in some cases kind of badly, some of these games were not, were not close games. Yeah. I think that's um, what was so jarring about the Sino Dragon flag. EDG series was that it like you could see like the RNG JDG series was a little different for me because you could see a team showing up on a day and making it a series and that's what J like you could you could look at this series if you wanted to you could look at this series and be like man JDG was just on today and they made this a series you know like 1980s Olympic hockey team style like wow they just they had it right. You could tell yourself a story where that that's the case. And we're not saying like they're a bad team or anything, but like you could tell yourself that kind of story. The EDG Sino Dragon one, to me, that's like that's a huge signal. Like that was a bigger signal to me than the RNG one, because the RNG at least put up a respectable series. EDG just got ran over. Right? Uh I could get sidetracked. So Calvin, you watch a lot of the LPL. Is, are we witnessing a paradigm shift, or are we overreacting to this, or is it a little bit of both? Because I do think that that's another aspect to this, is that it, no, nothing nothing we're dealing with is absolutes, correct? Like, like certain, you yeah, like the bottom line number, I guess, is your absolute. But, like, we're not dealing in absolutes here. Like, nothing is all one thing or the other, right? So are we, like, at the beginning of something special here, Cal, or are we seeing... You know, is it some teams are and other teams it was a fluke? Or do you think it's a full on changing of the guard like we saw in like Korea last year? I don't know if we Calvin got Calvin. Gone, maybe? It's Calvin gone. Chris, you there? Yeah. Oh, Mike's muted. Oh, there he is. Mike's <laughs> muted. So <laughs> so Cal, are we are what so what are we witnessing here? Like what which is uh, it to you and why? I think it's both. You, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think, and the reason why is because the LPL has gotten a little bit more lenient with some of the rules in game 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so players are having a lot more fun than usual uh, when they play. And, and you know, as, as weird as it sounds, as you know, coming from like the Western side, they're like, oh, you know, the guys, super the guys serious, yeah. You know, we gotta go to, we gotta play for first. And you know, obviously G two is like a team that trolls around. Yeah. But if you look at TL, you know, they're, they 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 literally don't troll. Like they well, they different team, different teams have different personalities too. Yeah. So but it's that's just a different about the LPL. It's like every team is you you see it seems like they play like relaxed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say maybe the team like S like Santa Dragon is probably the team and TOP. Santa Dragon and TOP are the two teams that really did not let off the gas. Uh, TOP tries to end game as quick as they can. You know yeah. what I mean? If they get ahead early, they'll punish you with a snowball use. I know Dragons are the same exact way. You know what I mean? They can get ahead early. They're trying to punish you, even though they have little macro problems. But majority of the teams in the LPL, um, with their drafts and their team decision making, are a little head scratching. Yeah. And it's weird to say, and I think it just comes around towards playoffs and it just bites them in the ass. And so I say we, we'll, we'll, we're looking at both. Like, we're overreact- We're kind of overreacting on, like, some teams. Like, a lot of people are going to overreact on IG, you know what I mean, um, for sure. Because they definitely, you know, we've, we've seen IG in previous splits where they just go undefeated, you know what I mean? Yeah. They literally do not lose again. You know, they drop games to LGD and yeah. stuff like that. I think they dropped, like, five game, like games yeah. all last yeah. season, including playoffs. Like, exactly. then, you know... Um, and then teams like FPX, you know, they're still having fun. You know, look, look at Dune B. You know, yeah, that yeah. guy played like twenty different champions, and he's still having fun. And but they still play the, you know, they still try to play the correct way. I, I like I said, I think you're seeing both. I think feel like we're overreacting on some teams. So but, who, yeah. so who are we overreacting on in this case? Well, I, I, I in your see, opinion, I don't say us in general. I feel like a lot of people are overreacting on Invictus Gaming, as in Gaming. overhyping them or underhyping them. Underhyping them now. So uh, everyone's no, sleeping no. on IG. I, yeah, there's a lot of talk about people playing, betting on TOP and having FPX win it all. Um, but also, I think we also overreacted on how... Well, early in the season, uh, what's it called? EDG, and then compared to now. And I don't know what happened, dude, because I bet the minus one and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was a disaster. Like that, that, that to me, and I, I said this to you guys in the chat. Like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of event. Chris, your phone's ringing. I know. <laughs> He's got to lift it up off the table. We're hearing it. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of thing that in a traditional sport, the coaching staff is just fired. Yeah. Right. Like that. That that's an embarrassing loss. Right. And I don't want to get too hung up on this, but like. Yeah, because we could talk about this. We could, we could talk about this forever because it's been such a crazy and insane week. But, and I mean, another angle you could take on this is, like, you know, does EDG, like, use that as motivation and bounce back next split, right? And we'll talk about this kind of stuff, like, going in the off season. but uh, I want to get Chris's take on this real quick. Chris, are you there? Uh, give me a bit. Say, can you repeat the question? So, what I'm saying, what do you – do you think – are we in the middle of a paradigm shift or all, are we just overreacting to an insane week? Uh, I would say, or is it a little both? Micro level, I think we might be overreacting a little bit. On a macro level, we have to consider the consider that we have enough evidence to know that certain teams, certain play style, the meta, whatnot, does favor a type of style of play, which you know can uh, only 
the newer teams or the younger, young, young, the young, younger. Young I like that, teams. by the way. I want to use younger <laughs> now. <That's laughs> uh, young and hungry teams that are really like really, really uh, taking advantage of it, and it doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. Yeah. So, so we have to consider that this might be also a style that you know draws more audience. So Riot's going to continue allowing this type of ways to play, and we have to see which of the old guards can adjust and which of the old guards cannot. Yeah, that that's a that's a whole other angle we didn't even get to. Is like, where do you see this moving forward? Uh, I don't want to. We, we've taken a bit on this one, so I don't want to go too. I don't want to go into that really. Not on this episode, anyway. We'll do that in off season episode where we think the game's going because that's a that's actually a good topic, just based on patches and progression and history and all that. So, really, <clears throat> I know I know this got a little bit philosophical in general, and you know we got we're not bogging you down with details. We're bogging you down with like real heady, like you know trying to get thought provoking stuff out there for everybody. But I wanted to. I really wanted to cover, like, just talk about this because it's really easy to overreact. It's really easy to underreact as well to a situation like this. I mean, what we're seeing in the LPL right now is just one example of this. We're seeing it all over the place, right? We saw it in the LCK last year. Uh, we saw it three years ago in the West in general where everyone everyone was underrated. I think underrating the West three and four years ago going into the international play. We didn't see the results of it. The point being, this is a skill that you need to develop. You need to know when to cut bait and when to jump on the bandwagon, right? And really, you don't want to be jumping on the bandwagon. You want to be up in the front car. You don't want to be jumping on the tail car of that, right? You want to be in on the front end. So I tend to trust my evaluation. John, You, I think you tend, you're trying to trust your evaluation more, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to essentially improve my evaluations to the point where I can be consistently sticking to them. Yeah. I think that's the optimal place for me to go next is make sure your op- your original evaluations are good enough that you can afford to stick to them for yeah. long periods of time. I mean, that's the actual solution. That's, that's the, uh, you know, so what, what, what do they call them? The century, the century equations in mathematics or the century <laughs> yeah. things where you, you just like win a Nobel prize or whatever for solving one of them. Yes, and that's the goal for me. Yeah, like that's the that's like the answer to life as a better is knowing like having perfect process so that you never ever overreact to any kind of outlier because you know it's an outlier, right? Now, obviously, that's magical Christmas land, but we can always strive to get there, right? Um, I got all bogged down, so I'm just gonna go on to the next. I'm just gonna go on to the slate because I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep talking this in circles. Otherwise, so uh, just we just wanted to talk about that in general as a general topic we might go into this again this might be a, another good off-season topic and we'll, we'll bring up this concept of paradigm shifts and whether they're happening whether it's kind of happening whether it's the beginnings or whether it's not anything at all we'll get into all of this kind of stuff more i think in the off-season i just thought it was worth mentioning because it's been a pretty jarring spring split there's been a lot of really weird stuff going on not to say that there isn't stuff that is exactly what we thought i, I think eu is pretty much exactly what we thought it was going to be right NA yeah, pretty much EU's played out the way we'd think. In the end, NA played out at the top yeah. the way we would have expected for yeah, the most I mean, part. Yeah, I mean, there was a weird the, match. The, the Cloud9 match weird. was weird, but, you know. And 100 if, Thieves was weird. Yeah. But Team Liquid and Cloud9 were my top, and TSM were my top four to begin with. Yeah. That's where they're going to be, so. So, I, I, it's just worth thinking about big picture stuff like this because 
you got to be real with yourself and ask yourself if you're just clinging to a team because you had a you know a bias you know and that's like a, a really dangerous thing for any kind of better gambler in anything right anyway that was kind of a big picture thing we'll try to have a little more structure for it next time but um let's get on to the slate guys you guys ready for this we got finals actions we got semifinals action. I got takes. I got hot takes. I got cold takes. I've got, I've got all the takes. I've got weird takes this week. I got weird flex, but that's okay takes this week. Okay. Am I showing my age saying that's okay? Isn't it weird flex, but okay? I think that's what <laughs> yeah. it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We got the LCK finals. Oh, boy. This is going to be a good one. Yes, it is. I am so hyped for this match, man. And, and I think we all saw it coming, too. Yes. Preseason, this yeah. is what we all expected. So, don't look at the King... The SK, so SKT 3-0'd Kingzone, right? Don't look at that series as an SKT 3-0. I'd encourage you to go back and watch the games, because really, you had one game that definitely should have gone Kingzone's way, and you could make an argument for another. So, it was a much closer 3-0 than the score would show you. Like, go back and watch the games. It was a, it was a really high-level series. It was a great series. And you don't often say that about 3-0s, because usually a 3-0 is a competitive game one, and then smashing, smashing, or like a smashing, and then an adjustment, and a competitive game two, and then back to reality in game three, right? We saw that with G2, right? Whereas game one was like real weird. Team Liquid, too. It was like, game one was real odd and real weird, and then they, you know, showed why they're a better team over the course of TSM. TSM dropped game one, too. It was okay. So... LCK Finals, Saturday morning, we have Griffin, minus 149 favorites against SK Telecom at plus 111. The uh, Griffin, minus 1.5, is at plus 136. This match is really hard not to bet, but really hard to bet. Yeah. Because when are you going to get SK Telecom plus money, and when are you going to get Griffin minus 149? Yeah. You haven't got either one of those things all season and you get them both in the finals. So and it's like, feels like your money should go somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll put this out to each of you because, th- John, you make a really, really good point there. This is exactly the kind of spot where you probably should just avoid it unless you have a really strong feeling one way or the other, right? Because the value's everywhere. If you say, like, oh, yeah, it's a value bet, you could argue value on any one of these bets. Like, literally any one of these bets. You could argue value <laughs> yeah. on the minus 189 SK Telecom plus 1.5. Yep. You could, make an, you could make the value argument for any one of these. At the end of the day, to me, this series is what do you have a hot take on? or it doesn't even, Like, what, is, what do you feel strongly about? If you're going to bet it, that's what you could bet it. If you don't have a strong feeling, don't bet it. So, I'll get back because, John, you opened... We'll start with Calvin on this one. Where are you at on this one, Calvin, and why? Mike's muted again, Doug. Or he's not there? <laughs> Did we lose Calvin? We'll skip to Chris then. Chris, where are you at on this series and why? I think it's much going to look a lot like the last time that each of these play, and that went to game three very close. So I'm very excited for all that. Um, I actually want to lean SKT. It's really hard because I am a fan of Griffin. Yeah, I really, I really do think that they they deserve all the accolades that they've done, but they've also gotten sloppy. Yeah, and which I didn't think would happen because last year they you saw this team that 
even though they were strong, maybe they still they haven't proven anything yet. They haven't even won a split yet, so it's no time to be sloppy. But they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, I also want to believe what they are saying. The coaches were saying they were trying out stuff, and they were they weren't worried at all. But even if they are at their best, I think SKT are uh, as a team looks better. Wow. Okay, so I actually think that's kind of a hot take. Yeah, that's hot take. Wait. Uh, all right, all right. That's I'll say that's like lukewarm, a little warmer than lukewarm, but not quite scalding hot. This this is why the game is so close, right? Yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. Like the, the 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 fact that I'm saying that is exactly why this game is close, right? So like, so let me rephrase that. I think what's what's interesting about that is you you so you think at their ceiling, SK Telecom is a better team mm-hmm. by a lot, by a little, by a little. I think experience still trumps all, and that's kind of been part of my process as well. Yeah, you give experience a lot more weight. I mean, really, you look at SK Telecom, like, how many Hall of Famers are on this team, right? Like, if there was a League of Legends Hall of Fame, this team is... Minimum four. Min- it's four. It's four. The Clid could get there. Clid's yet, yet to be decided, right? He's he's too early on. He looks good. He looks good, but not, yeah, not Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, so... This game, this game is... There's so many different angles to this game. So, so you think SK Telecom, Chris... Uh, I will take SK Telecom 3-2, yeah. 3-2 SK Telecom. So Chris thinks 3-2 SKT. John, I wish you... that they would offer me odds on a very specific scenario. What's the very specific scenario? I feel like scenario? I can tell you exactly how this scenario, or how this series is going to play out. Okay. I feel like I can lay it out. Like the so storyboard the storyboard bet? Like yeah. they have all the permutations the of all the games? Go <laughs> Game one, SK Telecom is going to win in a very strong fashion. They're going to come out and crush game one. Okay. Game two, Griffin is going to crush SK Telecom. Game three, Griffin is going to crush them again. Game four, SK Telecom is going to get down by 4,000 to 5,000 <laughs> They are going to then come back and win game four. This is like some betting derivatives bullshit right here, man. This is like... like... I wish someone would give me like plus 150,000 on this exact... Where's my... <laughs> and then... They get down four or five thousand gold. They come back and win. Game five, super close, might end in a base race. <laughs> SK Telecom wins. The announcers say things like, "They're back. <laughs> the king has returned to his throne." We hear a bunch of that kind of stuff, and there's some sweet moment of Faker holding up the trophy. I would take odds on that exact narrative. It's like it's like exact futures derivatives nonsense. Like, I can tell you all kinds of lines that are going to get said, like the LCK. How many times will? How many times three, will? They're going to be like, was was that win in game one just a fluke? Griffin seems to have uh, tried something out in the first game, but now they're really showing who they are. I start betting. You start betting Twitter. Ma- start betting Twitter metrics on yes, how returned. How many times will return to the throne be said? Like that's what you know. Those stuff are the like things that. I want to bet on. I think something so, tells me SK Telecom wins this series three two. In that exact fashion. So even though I think Griffin is a better team right so now. So we have SK Telecom three two from Chris, SK Telecom three two from John. Cal, I, I went to you and you were you were DC'd uh, or something. Uh, technical issues. What do you what do you think on this series? Like how are you betting it? What do you think Man. the final score is? What what are the main points? Like just dive in because we have, we have a few games to talk about, so go deep on them. I actually don't Man, you know what? Because okay, 
I thought Kingzone was gonna beat SKT, <laughs> and so I actually took that bet. Um, but you know, I, I saw the first game and it was actually really close. And but I felt like it wasn't as close as other people sought out to be. I felt like SKT was was in cruise control still. Like they knew that they were. I think I think SKT knew that they were okay. You know what I, I mean, I think that series was two actually close games, including one that probably should have gone King Zone's way. Yeah, one of them should have gone King's. And then way. one that looked. I will say, like it looked closer, but it was still a competitive game, and SKT yeah. closed clinically like they always yeah, do exactly. right and i think that's going to be the case here as well i think that skt is going to be fairly prepped up against griffin in my opinion um obviously we saw a little relapse on griffin and they came back really strong but i think skt was their the veterans on that team and i actually came i actually came back when you guys were talking about it um they, it's really an all-star lineup you know what i mean i mean yeah. you, can even, you can even put clit up there and coming from the lpl uh, couldn't make, you know, and so I think, like I said, I just keep going back to just how everyone's like, oh, there's new kids on the block, you know, and no one can stop them because they play this type of style, you know what I mean? Like, like let's be real now. SKT has playoff experience. They know what it takes to win, and I'm pretty sure they're, they're going to be ready and prepped up against Griffin. See, you know I mean? so you think SK Telecom win? What's the what's your final? Three one. I'll say three one. You think SKT three one? Okay. Yeah. So I, I want to pitch this to you and then see if it moves the needle at all for any of you guys. So you mentioned the veteran experience. That's definitely a fa- the, f- we're just gonna we're gonna touch on a bunch of factors for this, but I'm just gonna kind of like throw darts and see if any of this moves any of the needle for anybody. Or I'm gonna keep putting weight on the scale, right, and see if you're still on the side you're on. Any this matters a lot to me. I probably. I don't think I put too much weight on this, but I, I'm I'm very cognizant of the information advantage, especially in Korea, right? Any credence or any change of opinion based on the fact that Griffin hasn't had to show anything and they've seen a series from SK Telecom now? I feel like that's right. I feel like Griffin didn't show as much. Didn't show anything new. They literally haven't had to play. Like this is this is part of the gauntlet system, right? So yeah. like. They haven't had to play a game. They've had been able to watch everybody, watch how the whole story plays out, and then they get to be the end boss, right? Historically, that's been a massive advantage. Does this move the needle at all? Does this make it a closer call? Are you still sticking to your call? John, like, John, what do you think on this? My uh, my notes and my math, my, <laughs> my brain, I should say, tells me that Griffin wins this series like 3-1. Yeah. So I think the information advantage matters. I think the way they've played all season matters. Uh, I don't really think SKT has very many advantages in this matchup, like on a per player basis, as far as how everyone's played. This Vet- veteran experience is the advantage. Like that's the biggest one. No, the only advantage is the narrative, and the narrative is what's going to happen. Okay, <laughs> like, well, I just feel like right, so, no. the narrative has to happen. It's like last season. Like I said, I talked about this story before, but with what happened with Doublelift's family. There was just no way. Double There's no was way. Lose. Yeah, I, dude, he was I, never gonna lose, <laughs> and I bet against him because I really liked Under Thieves, dude. And he was never gonna lose, and you and knew it, I right? I feel like it has to be Return to the King. The King's on his throne. The only way that that doesn't happen is if Griffin wins this season, so that SKT can win can summer win the next and they can one. do it right before Worlds. That's the only way that mm. this is not the narrative. So, I mean, we've talked about this before. Me. About uh, yeah 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 you want your narrative driven broadcast here we go we got it we got it figured out right uh oh my god I have issues with that but we'll it's a separate podcast 
I, I do think there's something to that gut. Like, and I, I wrote about this a little bit. We talked about it a little, I think two weeks ago, how I'm, I'm someone that isn't willing to discredit a gut feeling like that. And it, it sounds to me like all three of you have a gut feeling that like SK Telecom just can't lose this. Or not that they can't lose it, but like there's something there some saying, yeah. you just watch them stomp a team that lost, what, two games in eight weeks or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't stomp, but they 3 owed. 3-0'd. Any yeah. kind of 3-0 is impressive in, against a team And like it's that. the best player in the world, and he didn't make Worlds last year, and SK Telecom was finished, and then they spent all the yeah. money, and they got ah, the scratch, and scratch the narrative. Scratch the narrative for just a second. <laughs> There's something there that just says SKT, right? And all three of you are saying that, correct? Yes. That's your final call? Yep. yep. That's my final call. Three. I'm going the other way. I'm going to be on Griffin here. Now, I think this is going to go to five games. I actually already bet the – I bet the exact Griffin 3-2, the exact five ga- – or the over four and a half games, and the Griffin money line already uh, at this number. The, this number, by the way, this number hasn't moved yet. Yeah, it's early in the week still. This number hasn't moved. I've been watching it for, you know, since that match ended. Hasn't moved. So, I mean, one, that says it's a good line, or two, you know, that there's people not betting on it yet. I think Griffin get this done. And I know I've been on the Griffin train all season, for better or for worse, right? I think yet they have the inf- – to me, the information advantage actually trumps the veteran advantage. It's not like Griffin haven't been here before. They had the, they were on that stage last year. You could argue Summer Finals was a bigger deal to them. Now, I don't think psychologically it was a bigger deal for them than this game because now they got you know the proverbial monkey on their back that they need to get off and actually win a title, right? I don't think – I actually think this is more like – so you know how we were doing the half points last week in series or like you know three to .75 games? If yeah. you had if you had to do like decimal games for this, where would you guys have this? Because I think this will give me a better idea of where you guys are on it. Like, is it closer to two or closer to three? Like, you know what I mean. Is it closer to three three or closer to like three two? It's closer. It's closer to three three. So for you, what is it, John? Just like off the top of your head, three two point seven. Wow. Three, okay, so really close. Calvin, what about you? Around that, yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know really. You can come back to me. I'm gonna think about it real quick. All right, Chris, what do you think? Just just off the top of your head, I, I'm I'm just like throwing this at you. Yeah, anyway. I, I, I'm not entirely familiar how the system works. So if three three is close, uh, maybe three three two three, two eight three two nine. Okay, so oh, so you think it's like it's right there then too? Okay, so Cal, did you have any amendment to this? Because. Because uh, I actually I, I I bet this to go five games, but I actually think it's closer to two for SK Telecom. And the reason, so what I mean, I realize we started doing this, like we started using this decimal system. I use realize I've used it in my writing a lot, but I never actually explained this list. So I'll do like a I'll do like a, a brief digression on it. What I mean by like these decimal like game scores is, imagine we played this series a hundred times. We played this best of five a hundred times. I think. You know what was the what was the example last week? Splice, right? We had Splice winning point seven five. So we we think Splice would win a game in the series. You know, seventy five percent of the time or something like that, and at least a game seventy five percent of the time, and they wouldn't take a single game twenty five percent of the time, right? If we played this a hundred times, right? That's what I mean because it gives you. It's just a little bit more uh, granularity 
like just more specific, right? Because anybody can say three two, but maybe my three two isn't as close as yours, right? I think the three. I think this is a close series. I think it goes five games, but I think it's closer to like actually three, like to two point one or something. I would not be at all surprised if SK Telecom win this series. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes three one either way. Three, yeah. But I think I actually think so. I I have a small bet on the Griffin three one also, or the Griffin minus one point five, because I think the money's right. That that that's the main reason I have that winning because plus one thirty six seems right. I had Griffin. All season long, even if, if I just looked at the regular season, even with the weird couple weeks that they had, I would still have Griffin as top tier. I think it's I think it's Griffin, and all year long we were saying it was like Griffin and SKT. I actually think the three the top three teams are like three tiers. Like I think Griffin, SK Telecom, and Kingzone are all like a cut apart from each other, like half a tier totally away from each other. That. I think they're like half a tier away from each other, right? Korea was. Really competitive this split. Besides, oh, Junior, they won one game. So sorry, sorry for bringing them up in this glorious, glorious <clears throat> finals that we're about to witness. So I'm on, I'm on Griffin three two. I, th- I think they're, I think Griffin are the best team in the world. And we're gonna go into this in the off season. We're gonna go into this in the off season because I've been like kind of teasing it for the past couple weeks that like I, I kept seeing, I keep saying Korea's back. We're gonna go into this in the off season about why, like more specifically. I think Griffin's the best team in the world. But you're not alone because Chris thinks that the LCK is back as well. So So here's another thing, too. You guys might also think Griffin are the best team in the world. You just don't think they're winning this series. I don't think Griffin's the best team in the world. Well, okay. I should clarify one thing. I'm actually not betting this match. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For all my talk about about the narrative Uh, and SKT, I'm not betting. So, all right. So, so, I mean, I'll just go through and just be – I'll do my – Take I, I'm I'm moderate on the Griffin money line, light on the Griffin minus one point five, and then basically like lottery ticket on the exact three two and lottery ticket on the over. Actually, I'm like light, like more than lottery ticket money on the uh, five game series. Like well, you know, over four and a half games at plus one eighty eight. That's pretty good. For so if either team wins in five games, it's plus one eighty eight. That's pretty good. That's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, how about you, Cal? Well, since I said I'm going to 3-1, all right. <laughs> He's more than all right. You stop. I'm going to go money line, and I'm going to take the minus one and a half. Okay. Cal, if you had – or not Cal. Chris, if you had to take this one. Are there even uh, – What? I'm sorry. What? What? Would you be on Griffin money line, SK Telecom money line, the plus one point five? Because the other thing we're talking about here is we talked about how there could get value in any of these. Yeah. SKT plus one point five is at minus one eighty nine, so that's way bettable. Yeah, I think I'd be on. Yeah, I don't know. If I have to actually put real money in, yeah. <laughs> you gonna put fake money in? So we'll do SK. We'll do SKT. Hey, you, you're on SKT money line, right? Yeah. If you had to do it, okay. This is. Uh, this looks like it's gonna be the 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 series they played in the middle of the season. For my money, was the best series this year in any region. So I'm, I'm way looking forward to this series. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, this will be good. Uh, yeah. Any other notes on this one before we move on to LPL? Uh, I mean, if John is not betting, can he at least make like a bingo sheet so we can talk about the <laughs> dude, dude, make the bingo sheet. I'll <laughs> well, retweet the shit I, out of that. We got to yeah. get... I think I can make a bingo sheet. Make a bingo sheet and we'll, we'll get there. LPL semifinals. We have two matches... 
Um, Saturday, we have Fun Plus Phoenix, minus 208, against JD Gaming at plus 142. The Fun Plus minus 1.5 is at plus 105. The JD Gaming Reign of Terror is over, ladies and gentlemen. I agree. It's over. I agree. <laughs> They've held it over the LPL. The pain is over now, Mr. Brown. They've had it's... a shackles <laughs> in the back. We're like Silas over here. It's over. <laughs> Join me and Fun Plus Phoenix have come to liberate us from our JDG prison. Dude, JDG robs so many people. <laughs> just, just highway robbery. With a mask on for like six weeks. So yeah, in yeah, so in other in room. other words, in other words, you think this is going to end up like the Top Sport series did? Yeah, where it's like of, this, is, this is matchup based. Like I've been talking about this on Twitter is the the type of matchups that JDG has had recently, the ones that they've upset in. They excel against the. We talked about this on the show last yes. week. They're talking. They're playing against completely different types of teams. If they had played against like IG when they played against RNG, they would have got rolled yeah. because it's an entirely different kind of team. Mm-hmm. And FPX is also that kind of team. We we talked about this like when I was when I was like doing the the mind exercise of playing Devil's Advocate for this game. Uh, we talked about this where I was basically like, okay, you know, if I'm making the argument for JDG, it's that they've beaten teams that have the same structure and the same style and you know big picture philosophy that RNG does, right? Exactly. Like WE are basically diet RNG. We I, I literally called them the diet Shasta Orange, right? Like that's what I called them, right? Or no, maybe that was Sino Dragon comparing to Fun Plus, but. JDG apparently they clearly have a very good strategy and a very they're very good at playing against these eighty carry centric strategies, right? Or t- I say eighty carry centric teams, not strategies necessarily. Teams, yeah. Or at least they were in these two series, right? They they just had they had the 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 right key for the lock, right? They 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 opened Pandora's box for it, right? Fun Plus is yes. a different is a different beast. Would you all agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah, there's. I was actually. I wasn't surprised how good they're going to be, but at the same time, it was they. They come up firing even against like, IG and stuff, dude. They, man, dude. They just didn't let up the last the last two games. The last game two and three, like they just destroyed them. And I'm and I watched that game. IG was not was definitely not trolling that the last two games, but dude. Yeah, they're just such a good team fighting team. Yeah, they they are. Team. I mean, I keep describing them as the most LPL team that ever LPLed in the LPL, right? Yeah. Like they are the most quintessentially Chinese League of Legends team that I've ever seen. Like yeah. at least in the last five years, Chinese League of Legends, because OG Chinese League was like different. But like, they are the most quintessential modern LPL team ever. They just brute force everything. It's not that they don't have tact. They do. They have some. They do. They do, yeah. They're not they're not fancy pantsy like a lot of the Korean teams are. But my god, they're I keep calling them the juggernaut, right? They are. They're just or the incredible Hulk. Like they can make mistakes and play their way out of a paper bag. They do it all the time. They draft themselves into a corner all the time and it all it's, it feels like it doesn't matter, right? It does. Yeah. So yeah, they have a strategy just very different from both WE and RNG. Yeah, I think it's just going to blindside JDG. Like Chris, what do you think on this one? Do you, uh, do you agree or disagree with any of this? Or we think are we overreacting, overselling it? No, I think we're lining up just right. I think uh, JDG. If JDG wins, it speaks a lot more about 
my I will change everything I think about them. But yes, yeah. this is a completely different team that they're facing right now, and I expect them to have a lot of trouble to even be in contention. I could, yeah, I could see a three-one three-two. Oh, so you think they could get two games? Uh, no, sorry, three-zero three-one. Oh, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So. It's, I think like the, the the real sports comparison here would be like this would be if JDG win this game it would be basically like they beat you know the greatest show on turf back in back to back weeks and then they beat you know the Steel Curtain like the the you know or the the what's called the original forty six Bears right like the like the the original like eighties Bears defenses right where like if they just did that and came back and beat them like the next week. It'd be really, really impressive to see them do. It feels to me like a guy comes out and knocks out Chuck Liddell. Yeah, yeah. And he knocks out <laughs> Randy Couture, and now he's about to fight John Jones. Yeah, like, different animal. Like, different animal, like, right? Yeah, like Randy Couture is going to play it slow, and he's going to get you up against the fence, and and he's going to just get some dirty boxing in there. And JDG has figured out how to beat in that strategy, and now they're going to go against a team that's going to. That's just a young, motivated crusher. <laughs> that's just that's probably just going to come out and knock them out in the first round. I also think, like, if you do think that these teams are more even than us, you know, at the at the risk of, <laughs> man, if you just listen to just episode seven of our show and be like, man, these guys are idiots. Like this <laughs> after the results of the past week, but at the risk of sounding too um, too crazy, like. If you think these if you think these teams are actually close, which you could make, I could see you making an argument for with how JDG have been playing. They've, they, I'm not trying to take anything away from JDG. They've looked great. They, they really have. They carry in the world. They they have. They've looked yeah. great. And world's in, man. I think to be fair that they they kind of preyed on a WE team that they were just like tailor suited to beat, and I I didn't put enough credence on that. I didn't put enough weight on that in my evaluation of that series. But again, this is a different beast. I think Dwayne B is the best player in this series by a long shot. By a lot. And like that is no disrespect to the other players in this series because like I think every player in, on these teams is good. But Dwayne B is, is him, superb. Yeah, I know. You you and your Imp hate. Alright, Imp recently has been okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm taking that back. Imp was awful in that last series. Imp's getting hard carried. Okay? Imp was so bad in that last <laughs> anyway, series. Dude. How many? On my takes. The stupid. The, the one he died on Vane, like behind their red buff, and his team was at their like tier one mid turret, like halfway across the map, and he's just like solo, like warding their red, with no motivation to get that done whatsoever, and just like they were like, oh yeah, sure, free free kill, I'll take it, I guess. He like very nearly threw that series for them like two or three yes, different times. He was very bad, getting carried. So. We so Chris, you think it's three to like you know point five or three to zero or three to one, right? Cal, what do you think on this mm-hmm. one? Three one. Fun plus. Fun plus, yeah. Yeah. That's will probably pull out like the first game in my opinion, and then fun plus would just go ahead and just steamroll in the next three games. John, what do you think? Three three to point four. Wow. JDG yeah. gets I actually I'm like right there with you. Like I I'm I'm in that like less than a half. Like I'm I'm gonna be as heavy as I was this weekend, not like EDG heavy, but I'm I'm gonna be five units plus on Fun Plus Phoenix minus one point five. 
And I might do exactly what I might just I might just run it back what I did with EDG last week because I think two oh eight's bettable on a best of five. Spoiler bet of the week for me. Yeah, FPX minus one point five. Yeah, I did not even look that far ahead because I was too busy doing the other stuff. But I yeah I I this this would have been my pick of the week. I'm gonna have to figure another one out now. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you can go <laughs> FPX two point five. What is the? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, you're you're baiting me into losing a game, and you get the one right, and I don't. Trying to catch out to me in the scoreboard. Uh, all right, so we're all on FPX to win this three zero or three one varying amounts, right? We're all pretty confident in that, right? Yeah, very confident. Yeah, I, I just think the combination of the fact that just to sum everything up, the combination of the fact that Fun Plus has better leadership, they have the best player in this game. I think they're just a better team by like two tiers. And I also think they play a completely different style than what JDG is tailor-made to take advantage of. And that's why JDG are where they're at, where they're at right now is because they ran into a couple really good matchups, you know. Uh, and they've played well. I don't want to take that away from them, but I'm kind of taking it away from them. Um, Sunday, we have Invictus minus 227 against Top Sports Gaming, plus 153. The Invictus minus 1.5 is at minus 103. This... I kind of don't think this is going to be a close game. I don't know if you guys agree. Like, So, I, I'm pretty confident this is going to be Invictus 3-1. And obviously, like, that's where the money's... Like, that's where the, you know, the books have this set as that that's the most likely outcome. Is this more... Is this closer to a Top Sports 3-2? Is this closer to Top Sports not winning a game? Or does somebody have a complete hot take and think Top Sports actually just win outright? We'll go in reverse order this time. Chris, what do you think on this one? Oh, man, baby. Um, I'm actually tempted, really. I want it. I want this. I don't know what this I mean, that's good odds on a team that was very good this season. So you so you actually think Top Sports can take this series then? Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a three one regardless. Like, whoever wins, it's gonna be a three one. Sheesh. Just momentum and everything. Top Sports does run hot. They are they are a. I think they I think Fun Plus maybe a little more than them, but I, I think. I mean, this is kind of crazy. I, I actually agree with that three one take because these are two heavily momentum based teams. Right, like Invictus, it it doesn't feel like it because they just smash people right when they win because they win most of the time, but they are very much a momentum team. We saw they that can in Worlds be last rattled. year. We've yeah. seen them against RNG too. They can get rattled against yeah teams, against teams when they're losing. Yeah, and their drafts aren't exactly immaculate either. I mean, nobody in the LPL I think is. I think Billy Billy had really good drafts, but that's a different story. Uh, so you actually think so? Is this like how how much do you like top sports like? I'll look up the implied odds. Wait, you can, you can talk this out. I'm going to look up the implied odds real fast for this. On what did you go? Or Cal, Cal, if you want to chip oh, in too, you can do the same. No, I just don't think TOP is going to win. I think IG is going to come out in 3-1. <clears throat> I agree with Chris. It's going to be a 3-1, but maybe because I'm an IG fanboy. But yeah. I think IG three realistically 3-1s. You know, I, I – I don't think there's really too much, in my opinion, to go in depth about this. And I understand that TOP has been playing well. They've been running hot. I just think IG is just it's just a superior team overall, just lane yeah. for lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard because yeah. the shy is literally playing out of his mind. He's a freak. That's, he's a playing out of his mind. He's a freak. He's James Harden. This like yeah. this split or the Greek freak. Like 
just un it's unfathomable. It's it's ridiculously good. He's Nikita Kucherov if you're an NHL fan. Like just a next level uh, a season for the ages. He he is having a one of the best individual seasons ever. Period. Mm-hmm. Any region, any any split, any level of competition, it's and he's doing it in the LPL. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. absolutely it's just nuts. Yeah, he's literally out playing with like different champions. You know, he's out playing with Ergot, Scion. He's playing Riven, dude. He's just, he's. I don't know, man. Just mechanically, he's just literally, he's just the best. And it's just gonna be, it's gonna be hard for a three six nine to keep up with them. Yeah, I, I don't know. So John, I, where, where are you at on this one? Yeah, I, I think Top can at least get a game. I think they've played well against IG. Uh, stylistically, I actually think the series favors Top. But yeah. the skill gap is big enough for me that IG should win. I'm going to go with a 3-1 for IG would be my would be my call on this one. I don't foresee IG losing, but I do think Top is, is good enough and has a, a stylistic matchup that's good enough that they can win a game. Yeah, I, I think... I'm I'm also on three one, and I know, you know, the last two series we've basically all been on the same page for this. But I kind of think it's it, this is interesting because this is why I like to I like to go into detail and have a little bit more granularity with these because we all had like the the top of the LPL. I mean, we kept saying the top five top five teams all split right are like all top tier and they're all like pretty equal. Like they're all like better than the rest of the league, right? And they're all close enough to each other that we'd put them together. If yeah. there was like a tier, you know, one A, that was that would be Invictus for me. I know some. I think I think Invictus are the best team in the LPL, but I think it's close. But I agree with John. I think the individual ability here is just is just a little too much for top sports to handle. Top sports have have thrived weirdly on individual plays, but they like weren't built with that in mind. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of reminds me of uh like when TSM brought Hauntzer in, like they brought Hauntzer in as a role player and that team like looked like they were going to be set up to be like, okay, this is a fully crafted team. You have your highlight carries and you have your role players and it's going to be like team liquid, right? Like team liquid's built to be like a team game, right? It's not individuals going nuts. Top sports have had outstanding individual performances this split. This is they, going to be one of the first times that top is not going to have an advantage in the mid lane. Yeah, which is one of the I think the things that's yeah. scary for them. Yeah, and they, they haven't. I mean, I, I'm looking up the series record, like the season record against like other teams. They're getting. Mids. They've been getting kind of Bjergsen level performances out of Knight, which is to say, well, like, Knight's Knight's insane. Knight's a really good player. Yes, and and Bjerg, that's kind of like what I'm saying is that like for years Bjergsen won his team a number of games every season just because there was no other good NA mid lane. He was Mike Trout. Nobody that was anywhere near him. And they're getting those kind of performances out of night against a lot of teams, and I I don't think they can get them against rookie in yeah. a playoff series. I think these are, for my money, these are two of the three best mid laners in the world. Yep, probably. Yeah. Uh, I would say two of the five. two of the four. They're both they're both top five. Yeah, I give them top five. Uh, yeah, they're they're both top five in the world, like any region. Uh, they're they're both out of their mind. I think rookies got a little more well, a lot more experience. Uh, I just think the rest of the lineup, as good as Loken's been, I mean, I think Loken is the advantage Top Sports does have, like individually. Oh, does anybody disagree with that? 
He could be better than Jackie, but I don't think their bot lane is better than IG's. I really like I agree with that. On. I agree with that. Yeah. So so Chris, you so you're more toward like the three two, or do you actually think Top Sports? Do you like do you like Top Sports to win it? Like, all right. So I looked up the implied odds. By the way, um, the implied odds on Top Sports is about thirty nine percent to win. Is that accurate, or do you think it's closer to fifty fifty than that? Chris, I want to be closer to forty five. Okay, so yeah. in, in that case, is there? There's enough value in that that maybe I mean I'll just look that up too real quick. That's essentially like thirty you're you're essentially getting like thirty five points of line value if if you think it's actually like forty five fifty five forty five. Mm-hmm. So you're getting an extra plus thirty five on your money line in that case. So you so you're not opposed to betting top sports here if you if you were if you were to bet that, right? I think so. I think here's the thing what I'm seeing. I don't think Jackie Eleven and Rookie are playing to the same level that they are last year. Shy, absolutely. Jackie's absolutely. definitely not. Shy is would be the one reason why IGR is going to dominate. I can absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think this is a much closer match than, um, than given. Okay, so so Chris is Chris actually likes top sports here then. Okay. That that's will be my pick of the week. Wow. Okay. Oh, geez. All right. So you're you're wow. you really like this then? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like the thing is, like as strongly as I feel about Invictus, I can totally see that. Like we, we said it all season. Like these top tier LPL teams, like they're all so good. Like all fi- like really like the the top five that we were tatting all season. You know, EDG, Travesty aside, like they're all very very good. Like, all of these teams are very, very good. Some of them are more exploitable than others. I do think Invictus is the best, but I don't know. So, John, so Chris doesn't think Invictus is minus 227 the best over any of these teams. And I can totally see that. And that's 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 a that's a fine bet, and I think you have pretty sound reasoning for it, too. Anything else on this one, guys? I think I'm good to move nope. on. Yep. LEC. Semi-losers bracket? Semi-finals losers bracket, I guess we'll call it. Careful, don't. You're going to trigger Chris. It's <laughs> like that loser's bracket. So. Because <laughs> Fnatic has a loss. Yeah, Fnatic has a loss. So it's not a loser's bracket, you're right. But it's like. I kind a, of agree on that. We'll call it round three. Um, Fnatic minus 238 against Origin plus 177. The Fnatic minus 1.5 is at minus 112. One of these teams. Let me give you a hypothetical scenario. Two teams are playing in the semifinals of the LEC. <laughs> One of those teams has Mithy on it. Dude. Are you going to bet that team? Uh, it depends on who the other team Origin, is. Origin game one actually shouldn't have lost, in my opinion. I agree. I totally so agree. Hard. So hard. It actually tilted me so bad, dude. I'm like, Origin was oh. always getting 3-0 or 3-1. Yo, by the way, can we, just, yeah, can, we, can we talk a second about that? Th- that G2 game one... I was gushing about it. I was I was going nuts about that game on Twitter and in our group chat and all that stuff. Like game one of that series is a perfect example of why some teams like the it factor or the clutch factor or the great players making great plays. That wasn't great players making great play. That was a whole team yeah. getting creative. On the same page on a moment's notice. You know what that was? Yeah. That was 
you know how they say like you need to get to a certain level of expertise before you can break the rules. That's yep. what that was. Hundred percent. Nobody 100%. in the West is good enough to break the rules. None of the Western teams are good enough to break the rules. I think G two is good enough to break the rules. I think G two is a world class team. I think they're a top, maybe a top five team in the world. They're, they're at least the world semifinals team right now. Yeah, they're a very very good team. And a game like that, I mean, I'm not even factoring in because we don't know if it's true or not. But the whole oh, that was team looking down. I'm mixing them up. But the the creativity, the pro, the in game problem solving, the spur of the moment, like you can't. You can't teach that. And I'm going to tell you, people didn't see this. I really felt like if you want to talk about something we were ahead of the curve on, in DFS that week, Origin was hugely owned in DFS. And by all accounts from things I'm hearing on Twitter and talking to people, a ton of people think Fnatic is winning this split. And I don't really. Yeah. And I don't think that you can argue that G2 is not a huge favorite to win this split. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so either. A ton of people have been telling me they think the Fnatic is taking this down for sure. And they look better and whatever. And I can't agree with that. Uh, now, Are you sure I, these aren't Fnatic fanboys. Yeah, I, got, I got a lot of fight with Fnatic fanboys. Dude, Fnatic last. Twitter is almost as bad as TSM it's, Twitter. Okay, it's really That's <laughs> or Optic. Optic Call of Duty is even worse, bro. Dude, uh, so uh, I don't know, John. You can open on this because you had. Uh, so uh, you think G two is going to win? Well, I mean, the matchup's Fnatic and Origin. Yeah, so we don't uh, want to go Fnatic's into G2 gonna win. I think Fnatic's going to win. I think it'll be a close series. Um, 3-1 or 3-2. I don't think it's going to be like a 3-0 stop. I think Origin's coaching staff is very good. Their game planning is very good. They play a style of League of Legends that's not heavily exploitable. It's like they kind play of 100 safe... Thieves League of Legends. They it's play very, 2018 100 Thieves it's very baseline. baseline. Yeah, and so I don't think they're just going to get stomped out, but I would expect Fnatic to win. Um, I don't think either one of these teams is close to being a favorite over G2 in the finals. I'll pitch this before we... we like, I'll, I'll just throw this at you. You can pitch in or we can move on to, you know, to Cal and Chris. But, like, to me, Fnatic, it's so difficult to game plan for G2. You just can't game plan. Like you can game plan, and you and you have to. Like that's part of what makes the, what gives Origin an advantage, right? You can game plan for Fnatic. Fnatic have flaws that you can expose. G two have flaws that they can expose that they can problem solve in the middle of a game and figure out, or in the middle of a draft or in the middle of a series, right? Totally. And I'm not saying Fnatic can't do that, but they can't do that on remotely the close level that G two does. Now I think Fnatic are close. Fnatic have some some great players, right? And they've come into their own in the second half and everything. I don't think I think Fnatic take this series, but I agree with you, John. I think this could be close. Like I think this could be close, but not f- like or maybe this will feel closer than it actually is. It's one of those series maybe where the games that Fnatic win are kind of lopsided and Origin wins games that feel a little closer. Yeah. If if there's such a thing as a not close 3 to 2, I think this is a series for that to happen. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. You know, like I, I honestly I could see like the TSM Cloud Nine thing happening where Fnatic go up two games and then Origin whips out their final weapon or whatever, whatever that happens to be, and they throw them for a loop, take a game, maybe get lucky and take another one. But really it wasn't gonna be close. I'm still shell shocked from TSM Cloud Nine, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I mean 
slight diversion, but people are talking to me about that on Twitter right now. So while you mention that, we'll say something about that series real quick. Respect to TSM, by the way. I'm not meaning to disrespect them at all. That was great by them. The, the TSM C9 series, a lot of people are, are really like haranguing me on Twitter, Reddit, various places for the C9 call because I was very confident in C9. I was too. I want you to go back and rewatch that, that series. That was good money though. That, and I want I mean, you to I... keep in mind that this is exactly what happened. Cloud9 won two games. Game three, they played that arrogantly. Draft. They were ahead. That draft. <laughs> no, it was game four was the draft for me. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sorry. Game four was so the draft. Game three, they played a little bit arrogantly. They should have won that game, but they made some mistakes. Game four, they clearly went back and they're like, we have a strategy where if we lose a game, we're going to bust out this wild strategy. And they didn't take into account the fact that they're just winning the series straight up and they didn't need to try to do something weird to come win a game. So they came back out with this bullshit draft in game four that made no sense, got stomped, (laughs) and then game five was just completely mentally shook. (laughs) Like, if you're talking about which one of these teams is a better team in League of Legends, I think in that series, Cloud9 was clearly the better team. I agree. But you they messed see up. why they lost, and it didn't have anything to do with, like, TSM's a better team. Absolutely not. I, I, I actually, And it's so weird because you rarely get a series where that's so clearly defined. Yes, and it was very clear to me watching that series yeah. what was happening. Yeah, that, actually, I, I said it earlier. Like that series to me was a not close three to two, but weirdly enough, I thought it was not close in favor of Cloud Nine, and they just <laughs> fucked up. Like they yeah. just screwed that whole series up. Like it had nothing to do with. That was like bringing in the relief pitcher that throws like a seventy-five mile an hour curveball and like an eighty-five mile, just like totally throw people for a loop, right? Yep. Some dude's got a wicked 12-6 curve out of the bullpen. I don't know if there's a real example of this. There probably is. I don't know baseball well enough, but like. Instead of bringing the high heat reliever, you bring in the opposite. Just to throw him for a loop, and the first batter just crushes one 480 <laughs> feet out of the park, right? And then your team's just shook. And, and then your team's just shook, and you're like, oh, God. Throw right? the third baseman out there. Let him pitch. I don't know. We're lost. Like <laughs> they, Dude, I'll say this, right? It does speak. This series is going to ring with me because it speaks to Cloud9. You know, we In League of Legends, we call it the mental, right? This speaks to their mental game to me because if they're going to get shook by something like that and they're going to be like off – you know, off their rocker from something like that just once. I would and they're arrogant that. enough to be like, yeah, whatever. And the other thing that that I said that I think you can learn from this series, or at least that I realized that I made a mistake on in this series, was I talked specifically last week about how Bjergsen was not dominant enough to carry this team anymore. Oh uh, yeah, he shut you that, right off. I, I, <laughs> I will eat some hat on that one. <laughs> because he absolutely solo won game three, both through his macro play and his team fighting and everything he did. So hats off to Bjergsen. He is still good enough to carry in some matches. Let me get you let me get you and some sweet barbecue matches. with that and yeah, I'll I'll some bring some garnish pizza. and you can eat that hat right up, right? <laughs> yeah. Getting back on track. Are we all are we all on L um, fanatic? Yeah, I, I didn't. Get, so Calvin, I didn't get. I, I didn't get Calvin or Chris's take on this. Sorry, I got. I, I just uh, digression. You don't need my take on this. I think just fanatics, just the way the better team overall. So, I think if we're gonna go futures, I think G two should. I think I would say I think I, I think I know that G two should be able to uh, be able to beat fanatic. You could get G two at plus one twenty last week. I didn't look at this week's. I didn't. I it's they're probably minus something. They're probably like minus one thirty or something yeah. like that now, or maybe more than that. I think if, if we're gonna move on, Fnatic beats Origin. Origin just, just like I said, just didn't look good after game one, and then 
I honestly see G two three one. I don't. Yeah. You know, we've seen G two mess around, but this, I think when it comes to playoffs, they look solid. You know, everything's on point. And the thing is, the problem is, Fnatic's been doing better is because Whipple has been dying as much. Uh, even with all the gangs and stuff, you know, he uses a stopwatch while he waits for uh, Broxa to come up and help him, you know, and he doesn't get on, away from his tower, which is really... Whippo's gotten a lot of help from enemy teams messing up, but yeah. I don't want. Oh, I yes. also don't want to take anything away from him actually making the outplays because that exactly. matters, right? Like, there's not a lot of people that can do something. He, he's... The second <laughs> half of the split, he has been outstanding. I know he hasn't yeah. necessarily been creating on his own in every game, but... The way Fnatic are playing, it's not necessarily top centric. Like he's just he's doing what I'm trying to think who it was last season. Who was it last season? For what team? This is Korean top laner. Korean oh, I'm thinking two years ago. Who was it? Uh, SKT two years ago. Oh no, no, Khan did it last year. Khan was doing that a lot last year where his team was just like like he was a carry top laner and his team would just like leave him to his own devices and then he'd play his way out of out of a paper bag on like so yep. many different plays. Yep. But he felt ungankable last year. Yeah. Like how many times did like he, he there was at least three times last year where he turned a two V one dive into a double kill. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And like this is at a place that's pretty high level. It's not like we're talking about like Turkey or something, right? Or yeah. like, you know, like you don't see those kind of mistakes very often. Like it, it, it means in something. Korea, in Korea, are way better than any other yeah. region. So I, you know what I mean. Anyway, getting <laughs> getting back to, getting back to Blip, I, like yeah, Fnatic can show. We kind of compare them, but like Fnatic can show some flex. But I, I to me, this is just like Fnatic kind of do what Origin do better. Like Fnatic are a team that plays vanilla, and then they have a couple of odd things that they can do, right? G2 have a whole boatload of things they can do. But Origin are basically exactly what they are, right? They're as advertised, right? And I would totally agree with that. I've said many times, if you want to try to get an upset, the way to do it is not to, to try to play the way your opponents are playing. Yeah. Because that that's why I think that the world had such a tough time with Korea for so long, is everyone was just trying to, trying to be them. Korea and doing it worse. The way to get an upset just is be to Moscow play a five. totally different style. Yeah, and play something or that vitality. don't know how to deal with. Yeah. Or IG even at Worlds, or uh, Aldis Nash Luna. IG to win, yeah. So, and and this is exactly what you're saying: a matchup of two teams that play the same way, and one of them's better at it. Yeah, uh, Chris, did you have anything on this? Or I think you guys covered it well. I think the reason why Origin is not that can't win is because they play so textbook, yeah, so vanilla that uh, Fnatic at least has some creativity, and G two is all about unconventional. Yeah. And you cannot beat either of these teams with your straight to the textbook style. You got yeah, you got to get outside of your comfort. I, I, I'm not ruling that out. It could happen. I just have no reason to believe it will. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if Origin come out in game one with some spicy meatball and they take it to Fnatic, all of a sudden I believe in Origin to win the series, maybe, or at least get two games. If no, they show because- me something different, I'll be like, okay, I'm in. Uh, I I wouldn't because they could show it in game one and then they just default back to their style. It's, That's a good point. That's a good wired. point. I'll at least just gonna bust out Sonateric. Let me let me ref- let me rephrase this. No, because I don't think that's fair. Because that's meta. 
It is. It's meta. It's a thing that's it's been around. It's definitely meta, but it's definitely not the way that they play. Agreed. Uh, Origin, to me, are like, they do what the New England Patriots do, where it's like never flashy. They just do what they're supposed to do always, but they're, like, they're good at it, but they're not the New England Patriots good at it. You know, like, New England never does anything that creative. They just do, like... Oh, you suck at defending the run. We'll just run the ball thirty-five yeah, times. Yeah. Like they just—they don't have an ego. They don't have an. Ad- I, that's what I like about this team. Actually, that's why I liked about Hundred Thieves last split too. Was that they—they they don't pretend to be something they're not. Even if it's like the most vanilla, boring thing, they just like do what they're supposed to do every game. The problem is when you get to play against like really elite teams. We saw it at Worlds for Hundred Thieves. It just doesn't work against really good teams. Because the other teams have a whole, you know, ten more pages in their playbook than you do. Uh, so we're all on Fnatic to three th- one, we think, or three zero. I said three one. The Fnatic minus one point five is going to be my pick of the week. I think. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll come back to it, but th- that's probably going to be my pick of the week. That's just minus close enough to even money. That's that's really really good. Uh, anything else in this one, or time for NA? Yeah, time for NA. NA. Time for NA. Man, what a region. My Twitter my Twitter hot take was the hot take I've got on NA this week. Dude, what what a region. Can I was I was so I had people over to watch that match. <laughs> and I basically had to have a friend of mine. Like my friend I had a friend that was like, You had a lot of money on this game, didn't you? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I can tell. Uh huh. That's. What... <laughs> I actually did not watch that C nine games, so. I, I dude, I had to I had to rewatch because by by the time they came back in game, it, 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 as soon as they won game two, I was like, Scott's time, let's go. Yeah, it was that series was over after they won game. Two. I I ended up re- I rewatched it on Sunday, like the whole I I liked one point five x the whole thing on Sunday, like just like film reviewing it and. I was fine by then, but in the moment, dude, I was barely paying attention. I, I knew they, were, I just knew they were gonna lose. I was sitting there like, t- basically having a conversation. I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna lose this game. Then anytime anything pro TS, anything pro TSM ha- or uh, Cloud Nine happened, I was like, oh oh, are they gonna miracle it? Are they gonna reverse miracle it? Like, I was like a total little kid, like emotionally watching this shit, and I was just like, oh, you could obviously tell I was full on after the week. And you know what that was? That was just the crown jewel. That was the icing on the cake of just a ridiculously bad week for me. So at that point, I was like, I wasn't even mad. I was just like laughing at it. I was like, really? Like, and then sure enough, like the next morning, just to like, oh yeah, see, you got some things right when, what's it called, got smashed when Sonic Dragon got destroyed. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, oh, see, yeah, we'll give you a little something just to make you feel better, but you know. Uh, we have Team Liquid minus 175 against Team Solo Mid plus 134. The, t- uh, the Team Liquid minus 1.5 is at plus 116. I would take the plus or minus one, one, one and a half. Yeah. Um, TL. I, see, I, I think I said this earlier. I think TL is just way better than anyone else. I think like how we put Griffin as an S tier, I think TL is an S tier. Yeah. North America. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I, I think Team Liquid, they're. I don't think maybe they are. I don't think they're quite G two level of elite, but I think they're like G two in the fact that they're so much better than their region. Like, 
I know I pointed it out, and maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe they were just memeing or whatever. But did you guys see the whole thing? The the post game comms. They put the comms up where they were like, you know, we've never lost with Sona Tarek. And it's like, yeah, we yeah. only did it in one scrim. Yep. Am I crazy to believe that? No, I mean, I think it's reasonable. I think I think that's probably real. I don't think they were bullshitting because they didn't exactly <laughs> look clean with it. People are reading so deep into this interview that Doublelift did where he was like, we've looked really bad and I was surprised that Dude, we he's, win. He is bullshitting so There's hard. no chance that Doublelift thought they were losing to FlyQuest. I would half expect him that. to be holding a Kappa, like like a Kappa face on a popsicle stick and just be like ready to pull it up like this anytime. That's, that's a Halloween costume idea, by the way. Just Kappa, yes. like just Twitch emoticons on a sticks. I, I do not believe for a second that Doublelift thought they were losing to FlyQuest. And this is the same thing that happened. The reason that everybody was on Origin in Europe is like they lo- they lose for the last couple weeks after they already locked in the one spot. They're trying random stuff out, and people are just like, "Oh, they've lost it. They're going to be terrible from now on." Did like, people pick FlyQuest to win. Nobody picked FlyQuest to win, but a ton of people are telling me TSM is going to win. Oh, yeah. and I don't buy that for a second. So no, I don't. Okay, I'll do some devil's advocate here, right? You got to respect that they came in hot. They won six in a row to end the season, partially against teams that didn't care, and they were still fighting to maintain. Actually, they were fighting for two. They could have actually taken two from Cloud9 before the last week. Um, They beat Cloud9. That, that, that series isn't nothing. I'll say that. TSM looked good in the games, uh, in two of the games that they won. I didn't even really feel like they ever looked good. Like, I feel like they should have lost game three, except for Bjergsen. The, Bjer- the, Bjer- the Bjergsen carry game. Was Everybody else looked game. kind of mediocre in that game. In game five, I thought Cloud9 was completely set up to win as well. And and there was some, like, really busted. bad catch-outs and, and bad flank attempts. And I understand why they were doing that, why they were attempting them. But I really thought that was a game where Cloud9 looked bad, not a game where TSM looked good. So, yeah. go on, Chris. Yeah, Zazel got, like, I don't know what he was doing in that game. That's, like, a main cause of, like, why C9 just could not get back into the team. Dude, Zazel, Zazel's so weird to me. Because, so, like, last year, and really for most of this season, too, I've, you know, lauded him for being, he's not a great lane player at all. And and neither is Sneaky, to be honest with you, which is why I think, like, when they get on an international stage or they play against good bot lanes, they don't have a chance. They were losing to wildcard team bot lanes at Worlds last year. Yeah. Like, not even, like, losing a little bit. Like, they were getting straight dumpstered, like, 2v2 killed, right, in not bad matchups. Like the top, the top three members of their map has been very strong, whether it was Jensen or Niski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like... I think it just goes back I, to say how good Licorice has been the past year, year and a half. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I'm, I forget where I was going with this point, but uh, sorry, <laughs> no, 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 I totally. <laughs> no, I'm just, just saying because like, John made a good point, though. I mean, it is true that I mean, regardless if they got took away Jensen, Niski played well, but I also think Licorice is still playing at a level that he's just been dominant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I, I kind of actually think this is just going to be a three zero. I said I would not be – that was my Twitter hot take is I would not be surprised at all if Team Liquid just wins 3-0. I, I actually already – I already bet the be 3-0. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely going to be betting the minus 1.5, probably the 3-0. 
Uh, yeah, this is yeah. one of those theories that yeah. people have been tricked into thinking that it's a lot closer than it was. This is, like, dude, this is one of those cases where, and, and we're going to sound like, you know, <clears throat> blind prophets or some bullshit after the you know past, like, two weeks or whatever. But this is exactly the kind of series, the only reason it's even remotely this close is because it's been Upset City the last, like, couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't be bamboozled. I was bamboozled last year. I, I bet 100 Thieves in the finals against Team Liquid last so, year. I was bamboozled by this exact So thing. So listen, <laughs> we we did have – TSM did win. They beat Liquid both times. That, remember we were talking last week about how that, that line could be that close was because of like if you did like an ELO-based model, a TSM was actually higher rating than Cloud9 was because they beat Liquid twice, which is – you know, it basically was a tiebreaker for strength of opponent. Yeah, I th- I just think this series is going to be a complete wake up call. No, I I do too. I I think, teams. dude, and you know, Liquid's not even going to troll this or disrespect this. They're just going to come out and take care of business. I th- this is just going to remind. This is going to be like IG smashing a mid tier LPL team, and you're like, oh my god. I, like, do, I will say though, I don't think Liquid is like what we were talking about at G two, where we said like they're a real international competitor. I don't think Liquid is that. I think they're, they are. They're a I much don't... more cookie cutter team. G two, like like you said, the biggest strength of them, they can draft so many different ways, play so many different ways. I don't think Team Liquid can do that. Yeah, I think I think Liquid have more of that than people want to give them credit for. So in in other words, I would say Team Team Liquid. I could make an argument for Team Liquid being like a top twelve, maybe a top eight, if you're really optimistic team. Yeah, maybe something like that. I think yeah. more like it wouldn't surprise team. me if they made if they made, if they got out of groups at Worlds. Like I I've been saying the list, you know, two years or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me to see this team. I think this team's better than they were last year. And I yeah, thought they were a good team last year. I ended yeah, up being, Liquid. I thought I, mean, we, I think Liquid's way better than they were last. So year. I I talked about this a lot at Worlds last like during Worlds last year. But I actually think Liquid were the best team for NA at Worlds last year, even with Cloud Nine doing what they did. I just think. They had one bad game when it mattered, and they had a much harder group. Well, I don't they say they had, had a much a harder great, group. They had a group that didn't self-destruct on itself. They had a straight liability in their lineup, too. Like, Ole was a straight liability. Yeah. I, In other words, like, Team Liquid are better than the result at Worlds last year. Team Liquid are also, on top of that, a better team this year. Which, to me, puts that... Like, Team Liquid are a world-class team. I'm not saying they're going to win worlds. I'm not. Say- I do think G2 is a better team, but I think I think Team Liquid are closer to G2 than people think. They just don't have that, like you were saying, like they don't have that element of wow. I would actually like to see them spend summer like doing what G2 did and like supposedly punting leads to try to like practice playing from behind and get like the like whatever whatever whether you believe that or not doesn't matter. Like Team Liquid are a world class team. TSM are. A team that I could see like sneaking into worlds and not doing anything, and I like TSM. I think we all think TSM's the third best team in NA, right? Yes. Yes. It's just there's a huge gap, and we're getting good value on this line. Like this, what's minus one seventy five? Minus one seventy five is like sixty three, sixty four percent. I think this is closer to like seventy five, eighty percent. Definitely. I think it might even be higher than that. Yeah, like, just for comparison, guys, like, 75% is, like, minus 300. <laughs> so, you know, do the math. You're getting a ton of value. So, I'm going to be I'm going to be on the liquid mo- I'm going to I'm going to look like a madman because I got absolutely destroyed doing this last week, but you, you got to fire if you say it, right? 
Like, if it's there, it's there. You can't be afraid just because he had a bad week last week, right? And yeah. this is I'm, – I'm going to be super heavy on this game. I'm going to be, like, EDG-level heavy on this game, I think. Maybe not quite to that level because I, I think TSM is closer to Liquid than Sign Dragon was TDG, but, like – Yeah. I think uh, this is what uh, – minus one and a half. I, this is going to be my pick of the week. Yeah. I know it sounds kind of like – cheating the system but maybe in a lot of people's eyes it's not because people are so high in tsm you know yeah so. i think yeah. uh i think i mean we only have like these games to pick from i think i'm actually probably gonna end up parlaying from my we'll see uh so chris do you have anything to add on this one or no nah? no i think i agree with y'all boys okay uh let's so i i pulled up some stuff from the other leagues um I have to a quick thing i have to bow out yeah, this week guys <clears throat> this oh. is the end of, end of me for this week. I got to take off. All right, no problem, no problem. Uh, we'll we'll catch up with you, John. Appreciate um, you guys. Good so luck, we have a hey, Jake Odorizzi got shelled. Oh, he left. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be the new meme. That's gonna be the new meme of the week. So we're gonna have to people are gonna ask about that one. Uh, hey, we'll know how long people listen to the podcast for if people catch that. So that's good. <laughs> um. The three of us, we can go over some of these other leagues. I know John already released his picks for a lot of the secondary, like, I don't want to call them secondary, like, the wild card regions. Um, but we can, we can, I, I did some brief cursory research. We can spend a couple minutes on each of these, I think, and then, uh... uh I, I did look at a couple of this, or a couple of it. Um, the PV, PVB and Detonation Focus, I think they 3-0, uh... PVP plays what Evo. So all right, so yeah. I actually I actually wrote some stuff down for this. So we'll we'll just go through these one by one, and then if you guys have something to add on it, we'll just add on it. Does it sound good? Yeah. Yep. So we'll just go in order just for clarity's sake. So uh, I did the LMS uh, is Friday. So the rest of these are Saturday. So the LMS is on Friday. Uh, LMS we have uh, this is semifinals, I think. So J team minus three two fifty against AHQ plus one sixty seven. Uh, me and uh, me and Chris were talking a little bit about this before this. Um, so J team have been more or less like sitting at three all season. Sometimes they've looked better. Sometimes they've looked worse. AHQ looked awful for a while, but they had like a late season surge and they ended up finishing fourth. Uh, Chris, I'll let you take this one because you actually had some some thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, at, at first glance, I thought, oh, J teams probably look good, and I I made the mistake of looking only at their final match, which was a tiebreaker. Yeah, it was a one game tiebreaker, and J team crushed AHQ. Yeah, and so I was on the uh, one of my uh, chat boards, kind of talking to people what my idea was, and then someone pointed out to me. AHQ actually swept J-Team during the regular season. That prompted me to kind of look into, like, oh, I'll just contact some of the people that I know follow the LMS closely. And what came out to be is that nobody trusts J-Team. It seems like they've been a historically disappointing team that will give you that hope and then crush it at the last second. So I think there's a ton of, like, upside into just being on the AHQ side. There, I think there's a ton of value in being on AHQ just in general. Because, so again, I, I've I mostly focus on like the top. I don't watch every LMS game. I've watched like the top. I try to watch all of the top three teams, which includes J Team, 
and JT are wildly inconsistent. Like they have games where they look like they could be as good as Flash Wolves, and then they just look they they'll just lose to the worst team in the league, and not even like just a punted game. Like they just look bad. Like they have bad fundamentals on stuff. I don't know if it's just their preparation or what, but that they're wildly inconsistent, and that that factor alone, and now getting like secondary opinions, hearing the same exact thing, I'm gonna be on AHQ, I think, for a little bit. I'm gonna do more research on this, but I'm gonna be a little bit on the uh, AHQ. And honestly, AHQ plus one point five is at minus one twenty seven, which is like pretty good value too. So. If you think H two HQ can get two games in this season, you're or in this series, you're really confident about that, then that's that's a good line. Yeah, a little bit more to talk about to, than than most of the LMS matches we've had this season, but this is kind of an interesting one because HQ and HQ they beat Flash Wolves too, like in the last couple weeks, and Flash Wolves were still battling for number one. Did they also beat Mad Team? I think that was one thing that stood out. They beat. They beat Flash Wolves and Mad Team in back-to-back matches at the end of March. Mad Team is number one, right? Yeah, Mad, Mad Team and Flash Wolves are the two top teams. Oh, here you go. HQ beat J Team, Flash Wolves, and Mad Team all three in a row Ugh. on March fifteenth, March twenty second, March twenty third. That's what you mean by hot, running hot. Yeah, oh, they've been awesome. really hot. They've been running really hot. But then, I mean, earlier in the season, they were losing to Dragon Gate and. Yeah, like they got two owed by J Team and Mad Team. They they looked like they were gonna be like fourth or fifth best team at best. Really, they looked like they were gonna be like six or seven. But they kinda pulled it together. They had a bunch of roster changes and it looked like they kinda like settled on one and once they settled in it was a lot better. Like once they started playing the lineup that they're running now, they've looked a lot better. So maybe that had something to do with it. I like AHQ for a little bit here. Uh Cal, any thoughts on this? No, if you guys like AHQ, I guess let's go go with them. I was high actually when I actually followed uh, the LMS earlier. I was super high in J Team, but I I stopped paying attention and you know I guess the inconsistency of J Team, like you said, is yeah, it's the turnoff. So, uh, and and you're getting good value on this here. This is like yeah, sixty six percent to yeah on like J Team. That's like crazy. I don't know. Uh, Turkish League, uh, Turkish Champions League. We got the grand finals between, you guessed it, exactly who we thought it was. Actually, it's not maybe exactly who we thought it was going to be during the season, but the playoff bracket kind of bore out in this way. We have Supermassive, again, minus 204 against Fenerbahce at plus 139. The Supermassive minus 1.5 is at plus 107. So... Both of these teams finished sixteen and two during the regular season. Uh, they Supermassive had to play Royal Youth, and that was a that was a three two series. I ended up watching that series like after like a couple days after the fact. Uh, it was kind of weird, like the, I don't know. It was it was a it was a pretty good series, but um, Supermassive beat Royal Youth, who who were you could you could put Royal Youth in the same tier as these teams. Some people might disagree with that, but they they didn't have the, as good a record as Supermassive and Fenerbahce did. But they were they're just as good as that team as those two. So Supermassive definitely had the harder side of the bracket because Fenerbahce just smashed three zero uh, against uh, Dark Passage and uh, Gala. I always forget their names. Uh, Galasterari or whatever it is, uh, yeah, the team the team that had like the ULCS really players. Name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So they just double three-o'd. So they've been in cruise control, whereas Supermassive had to kind of show a, a lot in that series against Royal Youth. So maybe an information advantage to Fenerbahce. Uh, I don't feel strongly enough either way. If you go by history, Supermassive are going to win this probably three to one. But uh, I don't feel strongly enough either way. I don't know if you guys have watched Turkey at all this season. No. I just... By <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just go by the name with that one. Fair enough. Uh, I'm probably not going to be on this, but uh, maybe I'll throw in some parlays or something like that. But uh, just figured I'd give it some context since we do have these finals happening and these are teams that we're likely going to see at MSI and we're going to see at Worlds yes, and stuff Worlds. like that. So... Uh, CB Lol for Brazil, the grand finals. We have Flamengo against INTZ. Flamengo's minus 714. INTZ's plus 376. Flamengo went 20. So Brazil and Japan both play triple round robin best of one. So Flamengo went 20 and 1 in the, in the regular season. Their one game loss was to Kaboom, if you guys remember Kaboom. They fanned Kaboom. They got Kaboomed. Um, INTZ went 13-8, and eight, and they were the number two seed. The number two seed had seven fewer wins than the number one seed. <laughs> Flamengo are really, really good, is, is, is what this boils down to. Uh, INTZ also... Had to play a th- they had to play a five game series against Redemption uh, in the first round of the playoffs. So Flamengo is going to have an information advantage on top of that. This is basically like you're betting a three zero. You get plus odds on the three zero. I think it's actually likely to happen. I'll probably bet this, even though I don't like. I don't usually like betting three zeros, but Flamengo are enough good enough and consistent enough that I don't know if they're going to drop a game here, even on the big stage. They're they're very good. There's a team that we're, we're going to be seeing this team at Worlds, like almost almost guaranteed. They're so much better. They're, we're going to get to detonation focus me in a minute. They're they're so much better than their region. It's like not even funny. So, um, yeah, I just feel like some of these teams are just way better than that. It's just it was like the flash wars of last year. You know yeah, what I mean? it was like I feel like there's always just one team that's just just going to destroy everyone. And it always makes well, worlds. You know what I mean? The interesting thing about the these wild card regions is really what makes them weaker than everyone else is the overall depth of competition, not necessarily the top end. Like, yeah, they're not going to be, their teeth aren't going to be as sharpened by the competition, which is ultimately what their downfall is when they get to worlds. But, you know, if you look at the top 0.001% of players in a given region, they're all going to be pretty good, right? Regardless of where you're looking. So, yeah, and and I know it sounds like we're we're taking some time to talk about these games, but again, I think it's important because you're going to see these games at Rift Rivals and Invitationals and, and at Worlds, right? Like these are like the last the AHQ J team. There's a good chance neither of those go, but maybe they do. But the rest of these matchups, we're just going to see these teams. Like they're the teams that are going to make it from these regions, ninety plus percent, right? Um, Vietnam, we have Phong Vu Buffalo minus six twenty five against Evos. Plus three forty four, Vu. So they play best of threes in Vietnam. Vu went thirteen and one, twenty seven and five in games. Uh, they lost to uh, Gam Esports, who was the number five seed. That was their one series loss. It was a it was a one two loss. Evos came in as the number three seed. They went nine and five. They went eighteen and eleven. 
Um, first round, they played a five-game series against the number four seed, which is comically named Friends Forever. Best team name. <laughs> Real, actually, the best team name. It's great. And then they defeated Sky, who's the number two seed. Worth noting, by the way, the Friends Forever was like pretty clearly a couple below Sky, uh, below Sky and Evos. Like the number four is a big gap between three and four. But they went to five games, right? Then Evos defeats Sky, who looked like the clear-cut number two. They beat them three to one. It's a pretty decisive win there. Maybe some value with Evos, but again, Fangfu Buffalo are the best team in this region. You don't need to watch that much. Like it's the same names. They're good. I'm probably not going to bet this because not really any value anywhere. But uh, I encourage everybody to watch the the finals from all of these. Like, just watch the vods. It's worth watching them because these are teams you're going to see. You don't want to be seeing these guys for the first time at an international competition. You want to have an idea who they are. Yep. Um, Japan. We have a similar situation to CB Law with Detonation Focus. Detonation Focus is minus 1429. The minus 2.5 is at plus 117. Minus 1429 in a final. So, against unsold stuff, which is apparently like a store or something, uh, plus 159, or plus 559. So, unsold stuff ended as the number three team. They were 12 and 9. Uh, they three they, notably they three owed the number two seed, but similar to Brazil, uh, Japan is a triple round robin best of one. Detonation Focus Me also went twenty and one. Their only loss coming to a mid table team. Uh, this I kind of think unsold stuff plus two point five might have value here, but I'm not going to bet this because I haven't watched Japan at all. Because three owing the number two seed means something, right? Like it's got to mean something, regardless of whether you know. I mean, I did. I got. I, I didn't watch the series, but I just thought I'd point this out. It was really interesting to me. It was kind of weird. LCL, which is the CIS region in Russia, the people that brought us Moscow Five and Adisnox Luna and all these teams. We have uh, Elements Pro. This is the finals minus two sixty three against Vega Squadron. Uh, didn't look too much into these teams. The LCL notably is probably. I think the LCL which is the CIS, the Commonwealth of Independent States, and Turkey and Brazil and Vietnam, I think are, like, real... Like, they're the wild card regions to watch. I know people like the Oceanic, the OPL and all that, and they have great broadcast, but I think they're kind of a cup below these teams. Like, there is tiers for the wild card regions, too. Um, I'm going to watch this one because I didn't get to watch much LCL at all this split. So, but like the standings all look pretty pretty even. There's a lot of great players there still that you know we know. A lot of people that could be playing the ULCS someday or LEC. Sorry. Okay. Uh, did you guys have anything else from Academy or Challenger or you know any of these international regions? I know Cal, you said you were starting to pitch in on one of them. I forget what it was. No, I was going to say uh, DFM and Fun. Buffaloes or like lines are just insane. And I, I think I said a little bit earlier how just you know these different regions are just so much better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I fo- the reason why I followed Fungu Buffaloes because I'm a big fan of Zeros. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude's so good. Fungu Buffalo are a really fun team to watch. They're, they're they were a fun team to watch last year, and you know I've kept up with a couple other games. And I think that you know. Just want to just pitch it that I think at Worlds this year they're even yeah I think at Worlds next year this year this year I guess I'll say this year 
they should that they should make it, but um, they could make a pretty big noise because last worlds they were in a lot of games to be honest. They're yeah, really good. yeah, definitely. So good was so good, really good, really good. You know what I mean? And then Vladimir by zeros played was amazing. And then they won in that game, that comeback, dude. This is a team to actually watch for in, yeah. in uh, the Vietnam region. You know what I mean? This is a wild card team that could make noise at Worlds. Yeah, uh, they, they also stylistically speaking, we saw that it was advantageous to them last year. Uh, I think people got a little bit too overhyped on them, but they were good last year at Worlds. Like they were a good team. And if anything, the meta has only gotten more in their favor. So, like, I think it's a bit of a stereotype to say that these teams just fight all the time, but, like, the last iteration, the previous iteration of Fangview Buffalo was a bit typecast in that way. Like, they weren't just a fight-everything team, like the the one that made them famous, right? Or, like, the, uh, what was the other team? Uh, no, uh, no, no, the team that... Went to MSI and did really well at MSI. They weren't. It was. They had the yellow logo. I just don't remember what they were called. Uh, Last year? No, it was two years ago. I think. Oh, I, uh, I remember Flash was doing. Oh, the uh, G- uh, Gigabyte Marines. That's what I was talking about. Who? Remember Gigabyte Marines like two years ago? Oh, Gigabyte Gigabyte Marines. Marines. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think everybody just like saw Gigabyte Marines and assumed the entire region played that way. And Fangvu last year didn't necessarily play that way, but they did at Worlds. And they're playing that way this season, and they're very, very good at it. So, if you like crazy shit, it's it's worth watching them because they they are not afraid to do whatever. Um, yeah. So those are finals and all of the all the international regions besides the LMS. Uh, we didn't. They're in semifinals still. So we still have a final there. Uh, pick of the week. I don't have one yet, so and jo- so John John went from plus Phoenix minus one point five at plus one hundred five. I'm I'm in with him on that. I'm gonna be heavy on all of these again. I'm gonna look like a madman firing heavy after last week, but I like I said earlier, like I can't let that affect my judgment on this. Maybe you should stay like lower than the five unit. Nope. <laughs> if I feel it's a five unit play, it's a five unit play. So, uh, Chris. You like top sports money line, so you like top sports. So you, th- we kind of talked about this a little bit, but so you, do you? You think they have like an actual fifty fifty shot? Is like you, know, you said fifty five forty five, right? Yes. So you think yeah. they're the forty five? They are the forty five. So this is very much a value pick. I kind of like this actually because I could I could see it happening. I don't think it's I I I do think it's better than thirty nine. I don't know if it's forty five. I don't know. I'm nitpicking here. So Chris is on top sports 153. Calvin, who's your pick of the week? I think you said it, and I just didn't type it in. Uh, it was Invictus Gaming's minus one and a half, right? I think that's what it was, uh, right? Did you say three zero? Maybe three zero. No, you said Invictus minus one and a half against top sports. So you two are cloud. You two are button heads on that one. Yeah, I did say minus one and a half. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I'm gonna do. Was it that? Are you sure you? No, I'm on liquid. No, no you I, were on I, liquid. You were on liquid minus one point five. Liquid, liquid, liquid yeah, you were on. You were on liquid minus one point five. That's what it was. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cop out since my picks were taken here. Uh, you know what? I guess I could do. Uh, I could do fanatic. Neither of you guys pick fanatic. I'll do fanatic minus one and a half. I'll do fanatic minus one and a half, and then I'll do 
Uh, I'm also going to parlay all three of these pick of the week one at minus one and a half. Sorry, Chris. I hope you get to. I hope you. I hope you're right, and we and we're all wrong next week. And you get to say like told you so. But don't bet. Just don't bet on it. <laughs> Um, just for a recap, for a recap, last week we all lost our pick of the weeks. Uh, I'm at plus 4.44 units on the year. John is at minus 0.2. Chris, you're plus 2.08. Calvin, you're minus 7. Uh, as a cast, we are now in the red. Uh, we were minus point six eight. We were up last week. Happens. We were up last week, and we got crushed. We went zero four last week. Come on, okay, I Cal. We've been carrying you, dude. No, okay, okay. Last week, I felt like I picked the safest bet. Dude, I put fifteen. I put fifteen units on that game. You don't yeah, gotta tell I me about safe bets, okay? Bet out of any single bet I've made all year, I was more confident in that than I've made on anything in the last six exactly, months. Exactly, dude. I'm like, ah, dude, this is okay. I said, I've been losing. I've been making some crazy bets. SAT winning. This, this, all right. Yeah. I said, EDG minus one. Let me take the no surefire way. thing for a change. Immediately smoked, right? EDG lose. Like, does not beat the end. Of course, dude. It bites me nasty. I can pick Auburn going to. Oh, by the way, sick oh call on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll tie. So we'll tie this. We'll tie this into. Um, we'll tie this into the, the sign off because we're we're gonna just. We're gonna talk about something outside of league. I have I have like three things. One, absolutely disgusting call by you on Auburn. You were all over that. Bravo, sir. Thank you. Won all my leagues. Won all my leagues. Bravo. Second, that final was an excellent game. I don't watch a lot of college basketball. I watched. Every, I was rivet. It was riveting. I couldn't turn it off. I watched every second of that game. I was dragging ass on Tuesday morning. I couldn't do anything at work. Um. <laughs> I'll start uh, with the something unrelated to the tournament, unrelated to this. Uh, I have I'm going to give two bonus picks that are outside of League of Legends this week, and I know you guys are going to get this too late, and one of them already cashed in. So, first of all, we talked a little bit about this before the cast. Actually, no, we didn't talk about this. I'm betting on Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL. Like straight, I'm betting on them to win the series. I bet them to win game one, which they did. Spoiler alert. I bet them to win the series. I bet them to win the East. And I bet them to win the cup. Now, win the East and win the cup, it's mostly because the odds were very, very good. They were like, win the to win the cup, they were 33 to 1. And. I, the NHL is weird because I, I think like it's a different kind of it's a different sport where I don't think any te- Tampa Bay was eighty percent favored. I don't think in the NHL any team is eighty percent to beat any team, even a team that limped into playoffs. There's a lot of parity in the NHL where it's pretty hard to be a truly bad team. So I think it's always closer than people think. The thing is, Tampa Bay just had a historically good season. They had the fourth best regular season of all time. But the NHL has a tendency to have teams that have ridiculous regular seasons crap out in the first round of the playoffs. It's happened like three or four times in the last 10 years. Uh, the last like super team that was constructed, like the original Avalanche when they moved, they had a team that was like one of the best rosters of all time crapped out in the first round of the playoffs, right? It can happen, and Columbus has one of the top two goalies in the league, and he could solo carry a series by himself. So that's my pick there. I also have another one that's uh, gaming-related, but not league. Um 
Dota 2, different, similar game, but different game. Uh, the OpenAI 5, uh, OpenAI is a, it's a company that designs software, uh, AI, artificial intelligence software to play games. It's a lot of the same people that worked on Deep Blue, the chess supercomputer, uh, AlphaGo, the Go supercomputer. Um, there are people that, and they've spent like years and years and years toning this system. First, they started making it play 1v1s against the best players. It absolutely demolished pros in the 1v1, like not close. Then they were like, okay, what's the next step? We got to make it play team, you know, play a team game, right? First of all, technologically, it's amazing. It's incredible. Like if you get a chance, you can just watch the show matches they do. It's amazing seeing that they programmed. It's a team. The MOBAs are incredibly complicated. They're team games. You have item buys. You have decisions to make. You have all these different inflection points, all these different decisions. They're like nearly infin- infinitely complex, right? And they've made a computer program that can play Dota against the best players in the world. It actually beat... They played a show match uh, last year against a bunch of people that were former pros and broadcasters that are still in the top .05 percentile of the ladder and they smash them. Like, utterly smash them. So they're playing a show match on Saturday against the uh, international, the world champions from last year, OG, and it's even money right now. I like OpenAI 5 to beat it because it's gotten better and better and better and better as it's gone on. So, also just a fun thing to watch just if you're if you're into nerdy stuff like that. <laughs> What's up with you, Chris? What's going on outside of uh, league betting? Well, I think I can safely say that I'm glad college basketball is over <laughs> all that on my timeline. I, I, I don't know. I did not care much for it. The only one that I was excited about was I think two years ago or whatever year and that game was a thriller ending as well. Uh, Villanova? I just didn't... Uh, was it? Yeah, I think it was Villanova. Yeah, that, that, that was a classic. Whatever is that might have been the last college basketball game I watched. It was so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, batting a thousand. <laughs> got some exciting games but uh i am actually looking forward to the nfl draft it's a oh yeah for me to, like, it's time think talk football oh yeah uh, i'm excited yeah. so i will be following it closely i think i'll have a shot at talking to someone on the podcast about it. nice yeah you and i you and i are going to be we're going to be talking a lot of football this year i know it <laughs> um for those that don't know football is like my my other thing like it's like my secondary sport i follow i love football unhealthily it's, it's i love i love football so much cal what's up with you uh dude i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's up with me yeah it's no I, dogs no girls no parents come on something nah, just a chill week i, I live a boring life i guess nothing wrong with uh, the chill week i can't say much of this podcast because they actually listen to it <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with a chill week man there's nothing nah, wrong with that it's chill just a couple of drama stuff i handle it i mean i don't care it's more i'm just chilling just hanging out with some buds trying to watch as many baseball games as i can oh, yeah baseball yeah baseball season started you're you're see cow's big on baseball that's like your that's like your other thing, right? Is that Yeah, I played college baseball and I played baseball all my Ooh. life and so baseball has like a super super soft spot, you know what I mean? I've been actually you know what something I still go out and hit baseballs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I grab a couple of buddies, 
know, we'll pitch to each other, we'll field ground balls, and we'll go hit at the high school. You know, that's what I've been doing. It's actually been relaxing. This yeah, I was going to say, that's like therapeutic as hell, man. That's yeah. like, <laughs> I could totally see that being awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, okay, hitting baseball, you know, starting baseball season, starting back up is is the best thing ever. So. Any, any, any World Series futures? I know it's yeah, a little late. Know, it's a little late. Okay, but, you, you want to know? No, you want to know World Series? All right. Uh, I would say that Milwaukee's going to the World Series. Okay. And I know. And then for the AL, we're gonna run it back with. <laughs> we're gonna go. Ball, we're gonna go. Red, the Yankees. The Yankees. Are gonna go back to the World Series. The this Brooklyn year. Bombers. Yep. So. Guys, I'm telling you, put those props in. And who's going to win it? Milwaukee's going to win it. Bats for days. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. It's going to be Yankees, Milwaukee in the finals. All right? Nice. All right, unless you guys got anything else, I think that's going to be it. Um, We're recording this on Wednesday night. I'm probably not going to get it out until Thursday afternoon because we ran a little bit late tonight. So, uh we will have you out in time for the matches on Friday morning. That was the LMS, but everything else is Saturday, so you guys will have plenty of time to get this in. Listen before the weekend's playoff games. Uh, everybody have a great night. Good luck this weekend, and you know, hit us all up on Twitter. You know, have all, have all the information. Everybody have a great night. See you guys later. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. Closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.